<laughs> Episode 5, this is welcome. If superheroes had nail writers, it's the three mentalists walked into a podcast. Yeah. So let's get one good Do segment film. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh god. <coughs> whoa! Episode five. Can you believe it? Did you just say whoa? I said whoa. Whoa! I get told Give off. Give me whoa! Month. I get wrong every single month of Atlas for starting with a woo, and you come on and start with whoa. Yeah, but and he didn't feel. He didn't flinch. No, no. But his was masculine. You see, yours is a. No, it's not a cooey hello was sailor. A, like a whoa. Like, whoa. Was, okay, we'll start no, again. No, hold we'll start on. Again. No, 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 no. Whoa. Your cooey hello sailor looked pretty rehearsed to me. <laughs> <laughs> You've got something on your shoe. Hello sailor. <laughs> mm, you see? No, that's too that much time on the... Even is, what? No. You, you spent too much time on cruise ships, you. Yeah. Surrounded by seamen. Seamen. Okay, so... <laughs> that's men at sea. Skibbity whoa. <laughs> Skip up the doop a dap And the skep man. So, yes, episode numero five Yep. That was just a little bit there. Italian. To be fair, I'm quite surprised that we're still actually doing this. <laughs> Me too, because... Um, I've pulled the plug on so many of the intros so far. <laughs> I think this one's probably the least offensive. <laughs> it is the least offensive. So, it's been... I've had a really good... Well, chilled out month. <laughs> I have, you've, you've been really ridiculous. I've been stupidly busy. I, last time, uh, the last count, it was supposed to be nine gigs. I picked up an extra one, so I had ten gigs in the six weeks since wow, the last one. It's been hectic. It's been stupid. Um, enjoyed it, though. Well, I had one absolutely horrific gig. Can we talk about that later? Uh, possibly. In a special session. In fact, yeah, we can, because, you know, everyone talks about, oh, I did this, I did that, it was so Nailed good. it, stand innovation, Exactly. This was no, none of those, <laughs> it but it was down to the logistics and the bride and groom. Uh, oh, I'll talk about it later, we'll, we'll, we'll later. definitely yeah, yeah. talk about it. I'll ask you a question. You talk about how busy you were, and you say you've done, you know, you've done like 10 gigs in, in that sort of space of time. Hmm. Would you like it, would you still be happy to perform at that capacity always full-time, or would that be too much for you? Would you want, Would you not want to be that as much? Um, good question. Thinks, I'd love to have I, like, loads of like gigs. And I da-da-da-da. think it would depend on if the gigs were pretty run-of-the-mill, yeah. or if there was a lot of... Do you know what I mean? If there was some that were a bit special. Hmm. Like, lots of, lots of customization. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I remember... I got myself to a point where I was thinking, actually, it's turning into a bit of a job. Like, I'm getting up and going, oh, God, I've got to get on the road again and go do this thing. And it just becomes a nightmare. So I think it's a thing that we should be mindful of. Anyway, I think we should go into our uh, first, can we, shall we go into our first section? Shall we, shall we yeah. venture on in? Because yeah, you've, um, you've had some really cool stuff happen this month. And I know you said you did a lot of learning. And um, we'll, we can talk about that now. Tales from the Trenches. Okay, so now we are going to talk about... I don't even know what we're going to talk it's about. Tales from the Trenches. I kind of got an idea, because we all want to talk about this. We've all got something to say, so I suppose, yeah, Tales from the Trenches. Tales from the Trenches. Now, you've got a story <sighs> uh, this month, and so has, so has Atlas. Let's go with your story first, Luch, because okay. Atlas, you know, he, he can well, it's, it's, it's not so much a story. When you, to, when you told your infamous wonky-eyed midget joke, yeah. which people seem to love... It's a joke, it's a story, it's well, for real. It, well, yeah, that's yeah, true, that's true. But it is, it's so, so humorous. Yeah. It's not like that. It, it's not meant to be particularly funny. It was just... Lots of people talk about how good they are and how you know how good this show was and blah 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 blah. Very, I think that the more, more merit is in hearing the horror stories. Mm-hmm. I know in the Black Project, I is this a story going to be like your magnus opus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carry on. So, um, well, okay. So, <clears throat> I did um, a stand-up show about I think it was about three weeks ago. And I'd done the venue before. I'd been there countless times, maybe a dozen times before. 
And the venue's fantastic. It's an old renovated barn on the Thorsby Estate in Nottinghamshire. Uh, so I get there nice and early because I've got to set up the show. I've got to set up the PA system and, and do it all. So I'm there a couple of hours in advance. And the first thing I notice is the tables uh, all set up, nice and brightly coloured. Looks like it's going to be a good fun wedding. Until I see this white picket fence that they'd have erected from runs from one side of the room to the hook to the other with an archway in the middle which creates a nice natural barrier between where I'm going to be performing oh. and the people. You were like penned in, weren't you? Like penned in, literally penned in. So I'm like, well, that's not good. No. And clearly it's a semi-permanent structure that they can't so just you can't walk take in down. and go like, you can remove this. Exactly. It's no. not going to remove. And to no. be honest, you know, in all the paperwork, everything was set out, what the performance space Needs was required, and they had tick that they'd done it they had a nice wide open space but i clearly never taken into consideration that they might build a white picket fence yeah, in the middle of the room unbelievable rider, isn't it? so what kind of mind reader would, would think that so uh, not having the foresight to see this i um clearly i had to work with it the best as i could set up the show uh, and then just disappeared went and got changed when the people started to come in to the room it was very clear early on that they were all well and truly pissed. Just wasted. And this is like four o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm thinking, crikey, this is going to be a messy wedding by the end of it. And I'm due to go on and perform a stand-up show um, as people are sitting down. They're having um, almost like a buffet kind of food. And then after the buffet, I was going to perform. And I'm stood at the bar and I'm talking to the bar uh, tender and I'm then looking at these people coming in. And I just had a word with the bartender and I said, you know, it, it does look like they really don't care. Uh, and he said they've been an absolute nightmare all day, uh, been drunk, changing the plans, just not doing things as, as it should have been. Uh, to cut a long story short, uh, the bride's father ran over to me. He thought I was working there in a sense that I actually worked at the venue. And the bride had cut her hand open and was pouring blood all over her dress. So her dress was red. The, drew, uh, the groom was drunk as a skunk. He came over to introduce me and fell over. Wow. And um, everyone was just, oh, it was just awful. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do to get these guys' attention? So I, th- I got everything set up. We got the, uh, the wireless mic up on, uh, ready to go. And he comes down and he says, I'll introduce you. I said, okay, so you know, we spoke about what I wanted you to say in the introduction. I emailed it. Yeah, yeah, no worries, I got it, got it. And then proceeded to just make his own introduction because he was wow. completely and utterly oiled. Wow. And this was his introduction. Okay, this is his introduction. Oh, yeah! So he grunts. And then a few people turn around. Ah! And even more turn people around, people around turn around. He goes, this is Looch. And... Uh, He's going to do some stuff. And then fell over. That was his introduction. Wow. So I went, yes, I am Looch, and I am going to do some stuff. And that was probably the best introduction I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and then dived into my shirt to set, into the, the set. Um, for the first 10 minutes, I had them. They were all involved. It was great. And then the bride got up, and the bride had, had that. Sometimes you get these bridezillas. You've heard of bridezillas. Yep. Well, this particular bride, she cut her hand open. Half her dress was bright red or pink now. She was pissed as a skunk. Yep. And um, <clears throat> she just decided that it's her wedding. She can do what she wants. So then she got up and just started to dance at the back of the room and talk to all her friends. And her friends got up and started to talk to her. And by the end of it, I've got about 50 people that are actually listening. And then the rest of the people at the back just doing their own thing. 
Um, but they're all completely and utterly hammered. There's no wedding planner there. There's no structure to it at all. And even the guests are turning around and saying, you know, this is so rude. And, you know, and I said, look, I can do the show for you guys. And I said, and they all sort of moved to the front and did the show. But it was just an utter, utter <sighs> nightmare. And I thought to myself, you know, I've been paid. I could, they probably wouldn't even recognise if I just got up and yeah. left. It was just one of those. I'm, in a way, I'm glad it happened because it sort of teaches you a lot and you, you, you sort of sit back and think, okay, what could I have done different? That you, you can never take into consideration booze. You know, you can't take into, you just, you can't, we can't deal with booze with things like that. Lots of people, well, pretty much everyone was, you know, hammered. And it was just the wrong setup, completely oh, the wrong yeah. setup for the show. So what would you do in the future just to try and, <coughs> anybody who's thinking about, you know, their gigs and, you know, what would, because we all start thinking, God, what would I do if I was in that situation? Hmm. Well, you know, being a teacher for you know, over a decade, I'm used to studying in front of large, unruly groups of people yeah. and controlling that situation. Yeah. I feel very comfortable in that environment. Yeah. But this was just a completely different just kettle of fish, you know. And the thing is, you don't have the authority over them because drunk, you know, booze had sort of taken all the inhibitions away. They were doing literally as they pleased. That's they didn't, crazy. there's nothing you could have done. How do you, do, Atlas, how do you deal with those sort of situations? Because I think the problem that's inherent there, and that's happened, the only times, you know, the times then that I have a less successful show than others is when the MC, or in this case the groom or whoever, doesn't get the attention of the room before you begin. That's mm. when I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be my best because I don't want to go on as a nagging, shushing schoolmistress. We shouldn't have to do that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not a shusher. <laughs> you know, I'm going to walk on and do my show. I want their attention already. And, uh, you know, I find, you know, I want to make sure that happens and I do everything I can to make sure it doesn't happen. But, you know, when you get on and they start, you know, you lose them for whatever reason, whether it's their fault, your fault, whatever. How do you get them back? You know, it is tough to get you know, those strategies in place. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's it's a challenge. The, the, the best thing you can do is come with an introduction written up that yeah. you want them to read exactly. for, for the MC. Uh, and at that point, you've got to really keep them riveted. I, I've talked about this before um, on the podcast. If you think, I mean, because you can get a sense of the crowd. Yeah. You can get a sense right from the get-go whether they are paying attention or whether they're not going to pay attention. And no matter what, I feel like, most every crowd, you've got three minutes to capture them. So worst case scenario, if you if you have three minutes and you have a, a rough crowd, do your hardest hitting thing that you can. I mean, be flexible and, and fluid in your in your presentation, and do the hardest hitting, most amazing thing you can right at the start. And if that doesn't grab them, then you were never going to well, the, get the, them. The problem is with this is the the groom had the introduction that was sent to him, yeah. printed out with him. He just chose not to use it. Yeah, but but on the, the flip side, you were able to look at that and very prosaically say, "Well, it was their money; I got paid. And oh, if yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. way they wanted their day to go. That's fine." Well, that, that's that's how I'm kind of thinking of it now because at the end of the day, it is the bride and groom's day, and it was the bride that was the catalyst for this, where she that's got up tough and just decided to do her own thing at the back and talk to her own friends because you know what? It's my big day; I can do what I want. And I, even though I thought to myself, "Well, you've paid for this; this is what you wanted when you when you hired." Um, but then in the spur of the moment with the, the catalogue of things that have happened during the day with the whole cut hand and getting drunk and whatever, she decided, you know what, she can do what she wants. And who am I to sort of say that? You know, I'm, I'm there as an entertainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not there because you're a vent. Exactly. <sighs> it's awful, man. Yeah, it's worth considering. So, um, Tales in the Trenches, it, it, it's really a trenchy kind of, it does feel like... Right I'm glad it happened. I'm really yeah, glad I mean, it happened, you know, it, to it's, be honest. It's one of those character building things. Atlas, you have a story... Well, yeah, Luch, Luch told me his story a few weeks ago, and I laughed because I had a similar gig. Um, it was a 70th birthday party. Rowdy. 
which is which is brilliant. <laughs> and um, the venue was was booked out. You know, everyone was was there. And I get there, I'm set up, and I start going. And my audience is all really, really old. Yeah. And incredibly disinterested. Oh. Just by nature, they're well up past their bedtime. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's true. Like, this audience couldn't have been less interested. Okay. And I went around and I used as many as possible. And, and you, just, you just put on the brave face and do the show. And unflappable. And I thought to myself, that felt like a really bad gig. Yeah. And I'm packing up. And this guy comes up to me and says to me, probably the most soul-destroying sentence possible oh, no. to really reaffirm everything I thought about the gig. <laughs> Come on, then. I mean, you're really choking up on it. Yeah, yeah, because I don't want to say this because it was so... But I was, I was sat there thinking, ah, it was pretty painful. I mean, everything went fine. Technically, it was, it was great. They're just the audience was never on board. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They just were never on board. And this guy came up to me, bless him, and says, in my mind... You were a winner. <laughs> Do it in the accent. No, no, no. It was, it was the in most soul-destroying six words or so that I have ever heard in my life. And it just ratified oh, no. everything that I thought about the evening. And I packed up and, and left. And... <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, I mean, sometimes you have gigs like that where you go, you do everything that you can. That's why we get paid for it, man. I mean, the yeah. way that I look at it is anybody can go and do an easy crowd. Anybody can go. When, it, when, the, when the sailing's easy, when the sailing's smooth, you can, anybody can do that show. It's when there's people putting a spanner in the works or a wrench in the works, that's when you really work out who's the pros from the guys who are, you know, from, from who we're not. Because we get paid to do this. We get paid to deal with those people. <coughs> um, and unfortunately, that's going to happen. That's human nature. People, people are pricks sometimes, you know? These old people weren't. I mean, they were just... Yeah, it was. Tired. It was. Yeah, it was not. It was their not thing. their thing, which, fine. which was fine. But um, you know, the uh, the bottom line is, you can only do like Luch did. And just take your medicine. Yeah. You know, take your licks and keep going and and uh, decide that you're going to learn something from it. You're going to truck on through, aren't you? You're going to mm -hmm. just yeah, just go through. I know there's some acts who will just go screw this. I'm walking away and I'm going to stop the show. I can never bring myself to do that. I will. No, it's just unnecessarily confrontational. Just painfully. I was very, very close. It. Well, yeah. Very close. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Tell us the trenches. All right. So one of the things that we've been thinking about is how can we give you guys more and uh, and all that sort of stuff. So what we're going to start producing from this episode is a thing called show notes, which means after each episode's finally edited and stuff by Atlas, I'm going to sit through sit through the whole episode, of course, like I usually do, and make notes as to what we talked sit about. Through. Or suffer through. Suffer, well, both, <laughs> both, both. And, and make notes as to what we talked about, which subject matters were covered in particular, at particular timestamps throughout the episode. You'll be able to download, of course, they're for free, like the rest of the podcast. All you need to do to receive the show notes every single episode is so wait, to... Uh -huh. explain the show notes again? So the show notes are, at each, each episode, I'll listen through the whole episode, mm. and at each time 
sort of frame, I'll talk. I'll write down what we talked about. So, I'll so say, 20 minutes in. Uh, so, I'll, so I'll say between 1 minute 26 and 2 minutes 42, we talked about what we love about this new product. Or whatever it is, okay. we talk about those sections. Yeah, I can see that's useful. Yeah, because it means you can just scan through and go, oh, I really want to know what they think about that. Or when you want to go, and it's most important, I think it's most useful when you want to go back and re-listen to something and go, when did they talk about that thing again? I want to hear more about it. So the way you get a hold of it, it's dead easy. All you need to do is you go to 3mentalists.com, to our blog. You'll see there's a little sign-up box. And if you subscribe using that sign-up box, you'll get the show notes for each episode mailed over to you for free every single month. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. See, we're always learning, always growing. Now, the other thing we want to talk about is... We got is, a lot of feedback. We got some this. great feedback, which is... We love that, by the way. Please interact with us. You can do that at 3mentalist.com. You can tweet to us at 3mentalist and the Facebook page. We get lots of interaction there, which is great. So be part of that on the 3mentalist podcast page. So, uh, yes... We want to talk about the feedback we've been getting. Atlas, you want to talk about that, about the sound? Yes, yeah, the, the sound. And we've tried, to, we've tried to really be cautious about this moving forward. We, we have one microphone between us. Yeah. And um, at the moment, we're all sort of leaning in to yep. kind of kiss the mic when we, when we have something to say. Uh, we would like to do individual mics. And, and I recognize that, that is, um, that's something that's been requested is that the sound be more consistent and be better blended. So we'll be working on it. We'll work yeah, on with, with the technology we have right now, it's, it's not particularly viable. But we've looked, at, um, we've looked at the system, and this is a free podcast. Yep. I want to emphasize this, but if you want to help improve the sound, uh, what are we going to add, a donate button? Yeah, so there'll be a donate, a donate button uh, somewhere on the, on the webpage by the time you're listening to this. If you go over to 3mentalists.com, there'll be a nice, bold, very obvious donate button hopefully put there. By our main man, Phil Smith, and, uh, and you'll be able to if, click that. Yeah, if, if everyone donated a pound, if all of our listeners donated a pound, we'd be able to do yeah, it. Yeah, we'd be able to do it, no problem. Now, that's probably it's unrealistic. Not, not yeah. everyone's going to do that. Do it. Um, we remember from the, uh, from the uh, wonky-eyed midget tagging debacle that most of you are just takers. Um, <laughs> but uh, if, you know, if, if, uh, if you recognize that and some of you donate two pounds or maybe even three, three pounds. pounds. Whatever you feel like, if you want yeah. to donate, you know, whatever, you, whatever you feel comfortable with and you want to help us. We're, we're not begging buying. for the money. We're, no. we're, happy with, we're happy with the sound the way it is. Yeah, we are. <laughs> that's it, that's it. The thing is right now, I'm, I'm sure everybody knows, that we, you know, we pay to get together. I mean, we're currently recording this episode in Newark, so I've got the train down from Newcastle. And yeah, it's, it's got to be at least 60 quid for the ticket. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was a little more than that. So it's... You know, we, we just that's, pay our own the, pocket. That's what the words at least mean. Oh, thank oh right, you, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Got it, got it. Yeah, all right. I'm there with you. Yeah, but we don't mind. I love, you know, we love doing this, and that's why we're doing it, and that's yeah. why we're committed to doing it. Yeah. But if we could, you know, it'd be great to get some, you know, yeah, if you, you feel the you bottom, want to bottom line is, if the sound really bothers you, click on donate, and we will improve it. Yep, that's it. So that'll be great. Is there anything else? No, I think we can move on. So, yeah, show notes. If you want to get those at the end of each episode, we will uh, have them on the website and the donate button. That's all there now as well. Yeah. Oh, yes! Let's move on to something funny. Okay, guys, I talked a few episodes of the podcast back mm-hmm. um, about a burgeoning interest in hypnosis. Yes. And I'd like to try something. The listeners at home can try this as well. Okay. Uh, and please, both of you... Is this the episode you mentioned um, that... Um... Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come to this, but okay. um, I want you to just please... Because uh, I'm, I'm not brilliant at hypnosis by any stretch of the imagination... So please do as I ask and don't try and flummox me because okay. I'll get flustered really easy. This is one of these new things where I've sort of learned it and I don't want it to go terribly astray. Uh, I want you to just close your eyes okay. and take a deep breath in. And, and listeners, you can do this as well, as long as you're not driving a car. Deep breath out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Deep breath in again and out. And I want you to imagine yourself relaxed. It can be on a hammock, it can be on a chair. Continue breathing deeply in and deeply out. And I want you to feel the breeze across your face. And you're warm and you're comfortable. And it's a very soft place. And now I want you to imagine that feeling of peacefulness spreading up through your toes all the way to your nose. Now, next to you, on wherever you've decided to, to sit or lie or wherever, there's a knife. I want you to imagine taking that knife and gently pushing the tip into your palm. Not enough to cause a lot of serious pain, but you can imagine the, 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 the sense of uh, sharpness on your palm and, and how it um, directly contradicts the feeling of peace and calm that you've had before. Deep breaths in, deep breaths out. And now, I want you to set the knife down, and on the, on the tray next to you is a salt shaker. Yep, and I want you to take a deep breath in and out and reach for that salt shaker. Now you felt the sense of calm and you felt the sense of, of uh, sharpness in your hand. I want you to imagine sticking your tongue out and taking the salt shaker and actually make the motion of pouring a little bit of salt on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, can you imagine that? Yeah. Go ahead and actually open your mouth, tip your, tip your tongue back and just stick that salt shaker right in there. <laughs> and then you two, you two are laughing. That's a virtual prank. If you are actually making the motion. <laughs> of dumping something salty onto your tongue. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been gotten by the virtual prank. Do you know about this, Luke? No, it's, but I've, the, kid, the kids have done that at work, yeah, and I'm thinking, yeah. I'm not <laughs> doing that. <laughs> and you can, you can just taste the salty goodness. <laughs> the the whole mouth. suggestion thing was nice, because I could feel a really horrible thing. I thought, I I thought can, we were going to pour the I salt could, onto the wound or something. I, thought so it was I, could, I could definitely feel a prick. On the palm of my hand. <laughs> I believe it's across from you as well. The virtual prank. So that was the virtual prank for this month. I oh, hope very you, funny. Very, yeah, I, I, I hope you enjoyed the puerile. That was not, that was not. <laughs> Left a bit of a salty taste in my mouth. In oh, that but um, we wanted to thank everyone who participated in last month's virtual prank. Oh, that was the best It was. I've it was had. hilarious. Uh, Ian Dunford was the winner. Yes. Uh, getting the Steve, Vi uh, Steve Cartel Vicarious thread moved to Inner Thoughts. Um, Ian, congratulations. You can claim your prize, Steve, Vic uh, Steve Cartel's Vicarious Directly from Steve himself. Just send him a private message, um, and uh, and best of luck to you. We'd, we'd uh, massively like to thank. Uh, was it was it Steve? Was it Phil Smith or was it Steve Hess? Who was it who created the the profile? I think it was Phil Smith. It was Phil Smith. It was Phil Smith. Thank you to Phil Smith for creating the, the Facebook profile for Steve Cartel as well. That was the most fun. Thank you so much for participating, and uh, more of that silliness uh, to come in future episodes, no doubt. <laughs> Right, this is a brand new section. We kind of just came with it actually this morning when we were all sort of gathering together and it came into my head. Remember that dating game that they used to play on TV where you called it uh, Love and Marriage or Mr. Uh, and Mrs. Mrs. Yeah. In the US, was it called the wedding game or the, the dating game? The show? divorce game. The newlywed game. The newlywed game. Something like game. that. Inspired by that. And basically, this is a really cool way of finding out how much one, how much we know about each other. And also, we'll find out some more things about each other. So the way it's going to work is I'm going to pose some questions about Looch to Atlas. 
Atlas is going to answer the questions while Luch is out of the room, thinking about what he thinks Luch will answer about the questions. Then we'll invite Luch back in the room and we'll see how many matches he gets. So do we? Does Atlas get a point for every one that he gets right? You each get one. You each get a point in the same okay. sort of way that the madness of the of mentalism taboo doesn't scoring system doesn't work either. This one's going to this work. This is then. going to maybe work probably okay. less. That's fine. Well, that but sounds good. It's all about taking part. Everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. Ooh. There's no way I'm going to get this to work. Right. So. Let's do this. So uh, let's have, uh, and then obviously we'll change around. So if you want, I can start off. We'll have Luch. You can leave the room. I'll pose some questions to Atlas, and then we'll see how many matches you manage to get. Sounds good. All right. So round one. Uh, it's just me and Atlas. Hello, darling. Thank how you. are you? Luch is out of the room. He's gone. <laughs> should get a little candle to put between us. I'm going to ask you five questions. I want you to remember. You've got to answer what you think Luch will say. Oh, Not necessarily the truth, but actually what what Luch will say. Not the truth. <laughs> Great. These aren't leading questions already at all. Okay. Question number one, Atlas. Where is the furthest from home Luch has performed? What's the furthest afield he has gone to do a show that he was paid for? I'm going to say it's going to be Columbus, Ohio. That's a good answer. And that was for... Now, he'll, yeah, he'll, he might think about it and say Spain, but I think if he really thinks about it... Because he did be the Columbus, show with Ohio. Penguin, right? Yeah, it'll be, he did the Tuesday night show with me in uh, Ohio. Uh, Which is a great show, by the yeah. way. It's really good fun to do. Yeah, that. the it's, Tuesday night show was really, really it good is fun. It's really good fun. I loved it. Okay, good. Okay, so that's, the, that's where he was. Okay, question number two. I'm going to ask Luke this question. I'm going to say... Um, so which one routine is Luke most proud of having created? He's created a lot of work from SAD to all the individual releases and then recently the Black Project... What's the one routine that he is most going to be proud is, of? This it's is a tough question. Be a challenge. Yeah, I, I think I know say, what I want to say. I initially want to say the score, which is his bank night. But okay. he could surprise me and come up with. See, I, I fear because he's got a coin background. I fear it's going to be some Bobo move with a. Do you know what I mean with a billet? Because right. yeah. he, he likes to use... He's going to be trying to get a match with you as well, remember that. So he's not going to throw you a total wild card because he wants the point as much. He's going to also be kind of thinking, what will Atlas say? Hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with the score because I the personally score. think it's the best that he's done. Okay, and that's his bank night thing, isn't it? Yeah, it might be the prediction, the headline prediction from the Black Project. Dang it, curse him. Which he's one has such a body of work? Which I don't one? know. You want to go with the score? I've written down the score. Do you want to go with it? I will go with the score, but you know I, I fear... you I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say, you know that video that he did that was on YouTube for ages and everyone was really puzzled by it on the cafe? What was that routine which... Oh, put that's in the um, Influence. Um, influence, yeah. I thought you were going to say that. I, I thought it, I was really proud of that piece. I thought it? about that, but he's grown up a lot since that piece so, and so he's done think? so much more. I really genuinely think it's going to be some kind of a... Weird thing Simple, silly little <laughs> coin move thing that he does with billets. All right, okay. Um, silly, he's going to love you when you hear that. Oh, okay. you know what? You know what? No, I'm going to change my mind entirely okay. and go with his psychological Q&A. I bet that's his favourite. So I'm going to score out the score. If he says the score, you're going to kick yourself. Just let you know, I'm going to score it out. I know, but I've, right, I've had discussions with him along you know, these lines in the past. The question is, will he remember that discussion. You're right, yeah. Psychological Q&A you're going to go for. All right, question number three I'm going to ask you is which trick or plot does Luch dislike the most? Of all the different tricks and plots and routines and I, I, I think thing? this is a gimme from our first episode. I think this is seven keys to bald pay. You think he's going to just go straight into seven keys? Yeah, I think he hates it. 
Okay, I'm just writing that down. Okay, number four. If Looch was a Sesame Street or Muppets character, which one would he be? Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. Okay. <laughs> no question about it. He's Oscar the Grouch. All right. Question number five. <laughs> Why do you say that, by the way? <laughs> because he's, he's a grouchy. He's dude. a grouchy bugger, right? No, no. Okay. I mean, he's he's a very he's a very warm, friendly person, uh-huh. but he has the capacity to just <laughs> to look be... at you in the way that Oscar the Grouch looks at everyone yeah. who meets him on Sesame Street. <laughs> All right. And the final question is, what in the world is Lucha's biggest fear? Oh, gosh, this is a hard one to even guess at. And then the question is, would he be honest? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of go with what you think he will answer as opposed to, as I say, it doesn't be the truth. It can be what you think his answer will be. And that's why it's an interesting game. Good grief. I don't know. It's a really I don't tough even, question. Yeah. These mean? aren't even mentalism related. My questions are totally All different. All of them are, those. apart from that. Well, well, the Sesame Street one perhaps wasn't. But uh, number five definitely isn't. Now, what's his biggest fear? Oh, what's his biggest fear? This is really good. Dead air for you. Right, yeah, I, I know that. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, biggest man. This, fear, this is a got to be. It might be. I'm going to say being alone. Loneliness. Being alone. Okay, loneliness. In the long term. Long term. Just the sort of feeling that life has passed him by. And point. he's just like, there, on his own. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, we're going to just pause the recording a second. Sorry, call... sorry Luch, if that's <laughs> totally wrong. I just want to recap on your question. See your answer. So when the, where's the first from home Luch has ever performed? And you're going to go for Columbus, Ohio. And you're, gonna get, you're not allowed to change any of these questions now, by the way, these answers. Uh, what one routine is Luch most proud of? You're going to go for a psychological Q&A. Uh, which trick or plot does Luke, Luch... Again, he's going to kill me for saying that. What does he dislike the most? Seven keys to ballplay. If Luch was a Sesame Street or Muppets character, he would be Oscar the Grouch. And finally, his biggest fear is loneliness and being left alone, yeah. life passing him just, by. Just so you know, Muppets, I bet he'll think animal, but he's really Oscar the Grouch, and okay. I'm staying by You're going to go with that. Okay, cool. We're going to call him back in. Okay, welcome back, Luch. He's back in the room. So I've asked Atlas these five questions. Okay. All we're looking for is a match. Now, remember, you're not just thinking about what is the truth. You're yeah. thinking about what did Atlas think you would answer. So I might get into a, a bit of a pickle here if I try and second guess you're myself. Try and second guess yourself. Okay. So the first question. Now, some okay. of them are mentalism related, some of them are life. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So question number one. I asked Atlas, where is the furthest from home Luch has performed? What did Atlas say? Where right. is the furthest from home Luch has performed? So what's going through your head right now? Um, can I just say a country? Uh, or do we have to be specific? It, you know, as specific as you want. I'm not, right, so I'm for, really for example, if I say America, the US, okay. that could give you my answer. It could. But, that but be... within the US, there are... Yeah, different places. So, um, so with that in mind... Uh... If it is America, by the way, I'm not... Furthest away I have do. performed... Now, is is this? Did you specify that this was a gig, a paid gig? I said paid. I did say he had to be paid. Paid for gig, it. right? Then it must be. It must be the lecture at Penguin. Nailed it! He nailed it! Columbus, Ohio, yeah. Penguin lecture. Oh, young love's dream. Okay. <laughs> Number two. The second question I posed to Atlas was. Which one routine is Luch most proud of having created? 
I'll tell you now that Atlas, when considering this, gave me one answer quite quickly, then went through all your body of work, thinking about sad and everything, mm-hmm. and then changed his answer just before we nailed it down. So he gave right, me an so immediate me... answer, and then okay. he did change it. So I've scratched <coughs> out that answer, and he's not allowed it. All right, so it's just just one answer. It is one answer. Right, which let me one go. Let me go through Luke's this then. Most proud of Crane. What are you thinking? Okay, so I'm I'm literally going to go through the body of work. I'm going to go start at sad. Um, there are a couple of routines in there that I'm very, very proud of. One of them would be um, Intuitive Eye, the card counting routine. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else in that particular book that I... Because it was a long time ago. I mean, obviously, you've matured and changed. Yeah, a long time ago. So then we're moving into um, the sort of time when I was doing a lot of work with Alakazam. So we, we're thinking... Your Thoughts Are Mine DVD, mm-hmm. uh, the routine's on there. I don't think it'll be any routines from there. Um, here's to you, Mr. Robinson came out then, it, was, it wouldn't be that. The LPI, the little pocket index, yeah. uh, good possibilities there, but yeah. I think since then, mm-hmm. the area book test, mm. uh, which I was very proud of. I still am, I think it was a great <coughs> book test. <coughs> Moving from the area book test, we are going to go into the stuff onto the leg. I'm just trying to think of the stuff that, yeah, I've yeah, act, you've got a lot that of are stuff released on. as opposed to not released. Is it a released effect? I'm not, I can't give any more. Cl- I can literally only give you the question that, he, that I gave him, which was, he responded to the question, what one routine is Luke's most proud of creating? Wow. That's a difficult question. Mm. Um, I'm going to have to push you for an answer. Okay. You've got listeners turning off and tuning into Pablo. <laughs> there's going to be some death. Oh no, there's a great interview I've heard. Oh no, it's not. It's a different podcast. Um, um, <laughs> let me think. It's got to be something in the. Is it something in the Black Project? Uh, I, I'm. I'm going to buy. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. Um, I hope he kicks himself. I'm going to say my real die routine. My presentation for that. Nowhere near. No. He initially went for the score. That's okay. what he thought it was going to be. I said, no, surely. Would he, once he, I thought he'd lock that one down, hmm. I said, isn't it going to be your influence routine, the one that was on YouTube for such a long right, time? Okay. And he said, no, well, maybe he's matured a lot since then. His and then answer. I remembered a conversation that we had in the car where you specifically stated, this is your favourite thing. And he okay. said, psychological Q&A. Ah... What is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Alice is right. <laughs> Alice is right. I'm wrong. I don't know why. Brilliant. Okay, so you've got one point each still. Okay, out of out of. I've got to admit that you know I don't think anyone's actually really read that. The people that own it have not really. Is, read that, it. is, that, is that? I do project? genuinely think it is genius. Okay, well, there you go. So get your own trumpet out of your mouth. And, well, it's, and, like, it's uh, usually in your problem. mouth. <laughs> yeah, baby. And then uh, number three, I said, which trick or plot? Does Luch dislike most? Oh, well, that should be relatively easy because we've covered that on the podcast. Did he go with the same answer? Yeah, it's seven keys to watching paint dry. It is a man! <laughs> Boom! Yeah! Two points. Two. Two points each. Okay, the next question I asked was, if Luch was a Sesame Street or Muppets character, which one would he be? <laughs> I think that's a good question, don't you? Is, is this his him looking at my personality or someone who I who he thinks I like? I said to him, if Luch was a Sesame Street or Muppets character, which one would he be? Okay, I, I'm not going to give you my answer. I'm going to talk about the, the yeah. things I think. So um, there's a possibility of animal because he's a bit crazy, um, <laughs> but I also that. like the Count. 
I love the count. Because so. I like the... It reminds me of some other things as well, but I like the count. Uh, so it's the, the Muppets, did you say, the and Muppets Sesame Street? Sesame Street character. Um, I'm going to put the whole Jim Henson thing, but that's a lot to consider. The so Muppets or Sesame Street character. Uh, knowing Atlas, he might really go to town on this and think, well, Kermit, Frank Oz, <laughs> Frank Oz had relations with Star Wars, oh, so he could think along those lines. He could have done. He's, he's given nothing away. <sighs> what are you going to go for? Oh, God. I, I think I'm going to go with the Count. The Count. Yeah. If Luch was a Sesame Street or Muppets character, which one would it be? You're saying the Count. He said... The Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. Oh, no. Oh, no. He said he will definitely mention Animal, but we think he's really the Grouch. The Grouch. <laughs> is that the one that lives in the bin? Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah the green one. He's green, he's, isn't he? He's the one that lives in the bin and hates everyone. Hates everyone. <laughs> 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 All right, one more question. This is a bit weird. Okay, it's out there, and it, this took a long time. We probably spent a minute in silence while wow. we prayed and asked for his. Do we just back. play like an advert in that silence? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll play a commercial or something. We'll play. We'll play elevator music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we've got some in stock. So uh, the fifth question I said was, "What is Luch's biggest fear?" Okay. In life. Yes, that was the question. What is Luch's biggest fear? What do you think he said? <sighs> Yeah, we're going to have another minute's silence. We'll, we'll pray for you all. I need crickets. That's what I need. The sound yeah, crickets. Tumbleweed. Yeah. We'll put a commercial in here at this point. Anything, like anything in the world. Yeah. What is Lucha's biggest fear? The listeners are really going to get to know you during this. <laughs> What's he afraid of? Oh, Let's put loads of that in his bed. <laughs> I'm not particularly fond of... There's certain, like, the obvious things, that, whatever. I'm not particularly fond of spiders. I don't really like spiders and snakes. And I'm not really into that kind of thing, but I think it would be something bigger than this that he'll, he'll go with because it's the biggest fear. So I kind of think it might almost be like, you know, fear of a failure or that, that kind of thing. Okay. What are you going to go Again, you're asking them, so if, you know, if it's whatever, you know, if, it, if you said daddy long legs and it was spider, you could have it. I'm not you could have that, straight yeah. Um, I can't remember having a conversation with him about, about it. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I mean, you've been friends for how long? I don't know that we're friends. No, not friends. <laughs> not friends. <laughs> you breathe the, the same space. Based on that rubber band I read earlier today. <laughs> it's not for you. Uh, what is Luke's um, biggest fear? What did he say? Oh, gee, I honestly do not have a bloody clue. What do you think he would have said? It's a really hard question. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, not. <laughs> I, I kind of want to go with the whole thing, like, you know, if you just look back and just have any regrets, that whole failure kind of thing, where things just, you know, you could have had the chance to do something and you never did. That kind so of looking. failing. Not taking, not, not monopoly, you know, t- taking the chances what you had, that kind of thing. It's not a match, I'm afraid. It is pretty damn close, though. No. I knew it would be a bigger cosmic thing. A bigger yeah. cosmic thing, but it wasn't that cosmic thing. I that think it a... is, because if you're successful, if he's talking about failure. If you're successful, you're surrounded by all these people. If you're not, he said loneliness. That's not a match, is it? Being being alone and sort of that Yeah, but he's saying emptiness. not taking advantage of... I don't think it's a match. He's, he's right in that it's a bigger thing they are connected, than just a, a I don't thing. think it's a match. Yeah, I know it's, what you're yeah, saying. I think you're close. I think you're close. So okay. what do we get? Two points? You three points? Two points each. Two points each. Um, because you got uh, Columbus, Ohio, correct, yep. and seven keys to ball paint. You missed out on Oscar the Grouch, loneliness, and psychological q and So it's two points each as we move okay. into the next round. Let's move along. Okay, next round of the uh, mentalism dating game. Apparently. Mentalism dating show. Uh, who, who, who's getting kicked out now? Um, do you want to move in a circle? So do you, uh, you've been kicked out yep. already. I'll get kicked out. and 
Yeah, what okay. And, and I'll ask, I'll ask questions about Ken. about you. Ken is leaving the building. Bye, Ken. Bye. You could have not burped when you left. That stinks. What? You burped as you left. It stinks. <laughs> that was me. Oh, that was Atlas burping. He burped. Only would do that. <laughs> 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 We're America. We like to burp our shit. I've done that in this episode. America. <laughs> I hope that doesn't show up in the in the background. Yeah, Ken, piss off. Here we go. Question number one. Dun, dun, dun. We, don't, we don't know Ken as well as like, me and you know each other. I know. This is going to be it's a real challenge good. for you. I kind of just want to make just random answers up for him. Like, I, I, think, I gave you a good chance, I think. Okay, Here cool. We go. Um, why do you think Kennedy's hair is dyed blonde and styled pointy? Because his pubic hair never got colour in it, so he probably wanted to match it or something like that, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's grey all over. Why does he... I think he wants to stand out. I think it's a, it's a, it's his personality. It's bigger than, larger than life kind of thing. And I think what he wanted is he wanted to create some sort of trademark, some sort of signature thing. I knew you would say branding. It's got to be something to do with branding. that. Okay. So, second question. Who... Do you think Ken looks up to most in mentalism? Okay. Now, he did mention in the past with magic, it was Mel Mellers. Now, does it have to be in mentalism or does it mean the whole in thing? In mentalism. That's in the mentalism. Question. In mentalism. Um, boom. I don't know, really. I, I don't know where he draws his inspiration from, really. I know he's, he has lots of quirky off-the-wall um, ideas and, and things like that, but let's go with the. He's very. He's classically trained, isn't he? It's it's very much rooted in the classics. So, let's go with. Um, <clears throat> I'll say Cassidy. Bob Cassidy. Yeah, we'll okay. go for Bob Cassidy. Who would Ken have play him in a film if some studio chose to lose millions of dollars and decided to make a movie about <laughs> his life? <laughs> Derek Akora, <laughs> a young Derek Akora. No, um, let's see. And it's like any famous actor. Yeah, yeah, any any actor of choice. Okay. Any famous actor of his choice. Uh, see, do you, do you go with the blonde hair? Do you look for someone who looks like him, or do you just are you going to go with someone? <laughs> or am I going to go with someone who he, oh, he looks I, up to? Yeah, I was going to say. I think uh, I I know who would be a good choice, but I'll let you answer first. Okay, he's going to go with someone who is a little bit out there. Let's say, who's the guy who works, um, he was in the office with Ricky Gervais. Uh, Gervais. Martin Freeman? No, the blonde, specky guy. Oh, I don't know. I I know who you're talking about. Not Stephen Marchant. Yeah, Steve Merchant. That might be a quite interesting thing for him. Is that your answer then, Steve Marchant? He's probably going to pick someone like George Bloody Clooney or Brad Pitt, isn't (laughs) he? But I'm just... Yeah, let's go with Steve Merchant just for something <laughs> off the wall. You never know. See, I think he'd have chosen Simon Pegg. Ah, I nearly said Simon Pegg as well. Okay, next question. Do you think Ken has ever gotten depressed over the course of his career and contemplated quitting? Yes, I think he has. <coughs> I think probably we all have. Mm. <laughs> so I think, yeah, if he's honest with himself, yeah. If he's not, he's lying. And then we get the point anyway. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm not sure how that's, that's really going to play out because that point is against me at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's true. Um, final question, and, and by the way, that was a really nice, fair question because it was fifty-fifty. It's just yeah, yes yeah. Um, would Ken ever consider being a part of a double act, and if so, 
who would he select as a partner? Ooh. Would this be another performer, or like, assist, like a female, or you know, that kind of? It's like is he it's sharing open. the bill? Sharing the bill. Right. Let's have a look. Um, I kind of think that he would probably say no, but he might give you a like. But if I did, it would be so and so. But I think his answer will be no. I think he it wouldn't be part of a double act. Okay. Interesting answer. So, uh, to recap, why do you think Kennedy's hair is dyed blonde and pointy? Um, that is branding. Yep. Uh, who does he look up to most in mentalism? You said Cassidy. I'm not too sure on that one. Uh, who would he have play him in film? You chose Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. Which is a very risky one. Mm. You think Ken's ever gotten depressed and considered quitting? You said yes. Yes. And would he ever consider being part of a double act? It's going to have to be no. no. He might give you a bit of a, an answer, but I think the overalling thing will be no. Okay. All right, should we uh, let's go and get him. Right. Okay, I'm back. Kennedy is back in the room, yep. and so is that smell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy, I have Lucha's answers. Okay. Here's the first question. Okay. Why do you think Kennedy's hair is dyed blonde and styled pointy? Ooh, I wonder if he knew the answer. Because there is a reason, obviously. But what is, what is the... Uh, what did he think? Is, did he think it's because I really want to be... I want to look like... Helen DeGeneres, <laughs> or, um, or, 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 a, or a Pokemon character, or is... Or Tintin. Or Tintin, yeah, Tintin, yeah, with his little dog snowy. Um, well, I'll give you the real answer. I'm going to go with it, because that's the truth. Um, it's because when I, I remember being 18 years old at my best friend's house, a guy called Alex, um, and, he, and I was sitting talking to him about, I think I'm going to do this full-time... Uh, this mind-reading thing, but I, I don't want to, you know, I want to have like a stage name that's got more gravitas, so... And it'd be a bit unusual, and so I came up with the stage name, and that was fine. That was based on my uncle, who who um, who's uh, who, who's very very sick. I know we've got the point. He's just going to get to it. I think we've got the point here. Um, and so she slammed down. She went to the kitchen. She came back. She slammed down a magazine with a picture of um, Billy Idol, and she said, "You should do your hair like that." And that's where it began. But for what reason, though? Not to be like Billy Idol. What was the that reason? That was the you did reason. It? Okay. Um, All right. Okay. Fair enough. There you go. Was I anywhere close to what he said? No. Nope. Oh, what did you say? Luch figured it was a brilliant branding move. A signature well, thing that you would know for. Well, yeah. I mean, it was obviously to create a brand because I wanted to have a unique look uh, that looked sorry, like Billy Idol. But it you was can't the retcon your answer No, now. of course. But the reason it was this particular colour and this style was because of Billy Idol. But the reason it went into what, what hairstyle shall I get, it was to, for branding. So I don't think it was a match because I didn't say the same thing as you, but you were, you were kind of right. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm not half the point. What's that? I'm not half the point for that. Okay. okay. Second question. Who yep. do you think Ken looks up to most in mentalism? Oh, my goodness. What, who do I think... Who does he think I look up to most in mentalism? Like, there's so many options. I, I think there's a lot of people who, who I really respect and really like uh, their style of... But in mentalism, if it had been like who in the world do I look up to... That would have thrown in, you know, stand-up comedy and, and theatrical performers and stuff like that. But in mentalism, I really like the direct, very simple approaches to methods, which are completely confounding. He's gonna. I think we're gonna get this right. I think he's gonna say Bob Cassidy. He nailed it. Yes. <laughs> I think you're inspired by my Theo and Cassidy walk into a bar in Austin. Possibly. Yeah. Routine yeah, yeah. from Ben. So there we go. Excellent. Good job. Well done. I'm impressed. Well done, with your that friend. One. Like, your literally, friend. there were so many people to choose from. Well, the yeah. first thing I and said is, does it have to be in mentalism? Because I know that in magic you like male mellers. Yeah. 
And I, but when we specify mentalism, then I have to literally think, well, your approach is very much like mine, classic mentalism. Mm. I'm a big fan of Cassidy. Yeah. And I know that you've got the, the, the effect with that name, so I thought, let's take a punt. Yeah, yeah. Was anybody else you considered before you said uh, that? Anyone from that, Animan, anyone from that, that sort of thing, but then I thought, yeah. oh, it's got to be Cassidy. Yeah, it's yeah, be. yeah. I take a lot, a lot of, um, what's the name of that Norwegian mentalist who I really like? You guys, all that really good. Who? There are no, there are no good mentalists in Norway that I know of. I was actually there recently, and you're right. Actually, actually, when I was there, there was only one, and that was you because you were there. <laughs> yeah, they were like we've never seen like before. We've seen other people doing like tricks, but they weren't very good. And that was yeah, yeah, that was mm. it. okay. Right, okay, next, uh, question. next question. Who would Ken have play him in a film if some studio chose to lose millions and decided to make a movie about <laughs> his life? <laughs> Who would he have play him? Um, this is going to be Channing Tatum. No, not Channing Tatum. <laughs> I said he'd make the whole stupid sort of thing Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Pants suits. That's what. That's what. <laughs> yeah. If um, he gets this, this is like winning the lottery. Really. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm just, amazed. You hit the. I don't you hit the know many. Did you, I mean, is it a movie star that I'm going for here? It's not. It's not a kind of thing. Is it? Um, I can't ask that question. Um, who would play me in a movie? Um, <laughs> no, who would you want to have Who would I want to have? Oh, right. In okay, a movie. That's different. Um, I don't know. That's... Uh, um, I think... Simon Baker, maybe? No, because he's really cool. No, no I'm going to go with Simon Baker. It's not true, but I think I've probably what it said. Sorry, Ken. He chose Stephen Marchant. Who's Stephen that? Merchant. Uh, oh, the Ricky Gervais yeah. guy. I can't even think what he looks like. I That's thought you'd have chosen Simon Pegg. Again, I'm not that familiar with much of Simon Pegg's. Oh, I am, actually. That's not true. I am. Yeah, he is really good. I'd, maybe, maybe I was thinking more Julian It doesn't Clare. matter. We Ju- didn't get the point. Julian Move Clare, on. I think, is more to the point. Yeah. Boy, George. Right, here, here we go. Yeah. This one, I, I feel like the last two give you a real chance. Oh, God. But I, I also think, really? I, but I also feel like they open... Some room for uh, introspection here, um, and, and could give quite possibly very interesting answers. I Next question: that was wrong. <laughs> Do you do you think Ken has ever gotten depressed over the course of his career and contemplated quitting? Um, I can tell you without a doubt, absolutely. Yes, yes. get in. I absolutely have. More Luch, than once. Luch more than once. That. Yeah, more than once. <laughs> You're like today, in fact. Yeah. In fact uh, <laughs> my my answer was, who hasn't? Yeah, yeah. No, I have. You have those gays. You walk off and go, why am I? Why well, don't even think I'm any good? You know, you walk up, you think this is I'm, that was absolutely horrendous. I'm talentless, and then you know, and you think, why does any of this fool anybody? Because we know how simple a lot of what we yeah. do is. That wasn't even funny. That was just completely over my head, and. I was rubbish and I sucked and yeah, we we definitely have those times without a doubt. Yeah, I did. Cool. Final final question. And I will have it again. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we will. Final question: Would Ken ever consider being part of a double act? And if so, who would he select as a partner? Would I have considered being part of a double act before? Um, but would I ever be a double act now? I love the idea of a double act. I think they're very good. There's some great stuff. I've seen some of the stuff that you two have done together, and it's just absolutely amazing. Um, and I still don't know how you guys do it. And, and I don't care, because it was boring as shit. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. I love you. Um, uh, would I ever be part of a double act? I'm trying to think what would have to happen. If it would have to be a business or marketing decision to do that. 
So it would have to be like, I really need a unique angle. Like, let's say my market was flooded with one-man mentors, and I'm like, oh, I need to do something. And I'll be a double so act. So let's rephrase uh, the question. Then, would Ken ever consider being part of a double act? And if so, who would he select as a partner? It sounds like the first part is yes, maybe. No, not really. No, I wouldn't. <coughs> Nailed it! Did it really? Yeah! I think we scored, the, uh, we scored better. We yep, scored destroyed better. three points. I actually three said that each. you will say no, but you might give an answer as to if you had to. If who I had to. Be. Okay, who would it be then? Did you give oh, an no, answer? I go, no, I okay, said well, no. Why don't you mouth an answer to him who you think it would be and then see if we can match on that. It's just a bonus for shits and giggles. So okay, you think would, okay, okay, it's, not, it's not for any points, it's just for the fun of it, really. I'll have a think. Um, I would be a... Yeah, okay, no. Yeah, uh, I'll say Colin McLeod. Oh, okay. Uh, Luch said your mom. Yeah. I'm out with your mum. <laughs> you mouthed my mum yeah. again. Not the first time. <laughs> Probably won't be the right. last. Oh. I'm, I'm off out. You guys. Uh, okay. you guys it's yours. He's gone. Okay, so Ken, Atlas's questions. Yep. Um, which of Atlas's creations is he least proud of? Oh, I think he told me this, and I can't remember because I don't actually. It's kind of rude and embarrassing. But I don't know that much of Atlas's work. He's to be, to be honest, I I don't. Do you not? No, not really. I know, oh, okay. obviously, the, the, the branch anagram stuff, but I don't know the name of it, the stuff that he's really come the up with. The Prodigal he did, uh, which, uh, which was good. The Real Thing's really good. Yeah. Um, Actually, The Real Thing is probably my first introduction to his work. I think it was I mine think, as yeah. well, yeah. Um, so the least, least proud of. Which one do you think um, he'll say? <laughs> I mean, train tracking, that's the only thing. And his new thing, the... The stack thing, the re- uh, what's it called? The new stack thing called? Um, uh, it's his new memorizer solution. The solution. The solution, yeah. But I think this is going to be the stuff that um, we'll, we'll keep with the stuff that is actually released as a public domain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got the prodigal, the real thing, train tracking. Train tracking. Um, um, what else has he had out there? Um, it's a lot of stuff within things. Remember, he's like he's got his true lies thing, his version yeah, of that. Yeah. Um, stuff on his lecture, that kind of thing. So, what yeah. do you think is the least proud? Uh, effect. I don't think I'm going to get this because he will. He obviously knows all of his work, and I don't. Well, we'll mention that to him. We'll say, you know, this was only the stuff that Ken knew. And knew we'll yeah. So I'm going to go with. I think because oh, the Crusade as well. The Crusade. I'm going to go with the Crusade. Yeah. Crusade for okay. the Eddie Carlin number thing, right? Yeah, that's the one. That he did it with another guy. Something I think. else. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I'm the Crusade. Yeah. Okay. That's mm-hmm. a good, I think that's a good call, actually. Okay. He might question. go for that. Okay, question number two. What trait in Atlas's personality does he most like, or would he most like to eliminate? And it's a personality trait. What trait in Atlas's personality would he most like to eliminate? Um, I think he probably thinks he is a bit too... What's it when you like put yourself down a lot? That kind of humour where it's self-deprecating. Self, yeah, self-deprecating thing, I bet. I think he probably will say it's that, although I think that's one of his attributes. But I'll be what he'll say. So self-deprecatingness. Just a new word. Self-deprecation. There we go. There we go. Right. So we'll go into a little bit more humorous now. Okay. If Atlas's house was on fire. Yeah. And he could only rescue one of the following items. All right. What would it be? Right. Would it be A... His mentalism props. Okay. B, his dog. It won't be that. <laughs> it <laughs> it won't be a dog. dog. <laughs> but then it'll be a hot dog. He yeah, might have it. a hot <laughs> might dog. Take in that case, then. he'll have one in each hand. <laughs> <laughs> or C, his books. It'll be his books, I think. Now, I'm not just saying his mentalism books. I mean his book collection. Gen- yeah, yeah, exactly. I know he's a big reader, especially those those dictionaries he's got. Those massive, like, yeah, it'll be his books. His books? Yeah, okay. yeah because he's a big reader. 
and um, uh, yeah, and he can't eat any of those things. So, so not his mentalism props? No, I don't think so, because he doesn't use so many props. He'll think, if I've got my books, at least I can make my props again. Okay, yeah, so not his dog? Are you sure he's not his dog? It's definitely not his dog. He always tells me about that damn dog, and I shouldn't get a dog. And then anyway. his books? Yeah, so his books. Okay, right. If Atlas could only perform one type of gig from now on, would it be A, old people's homes, Okay. B, charity events for free, <laughs> right. or C, civil ceremonies? Right, okay. Um, um, I was going to say, actually, and the, one, the other answer is um, just um, anything that Luke's doing. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you could just nick all your gigs. That's what I would want to do. Um, it would have to be old people's homes. Because doing charity events, for free, although he is a quite giving guy, but I think he values his time. So he yes. likes to give and receive, I heard. Yes, well, I, I hear I think I hear he's more of a receiver. Well, I know a story that he told about an old people's homes gigs. Was it just. Well, I can't tell you because then it might you know, impact on your, on the, the, yeah. your answer. I, here. It will, yeah. I'm going to go. I think of all of those things, at least it can't be as bad as that one old people's home gig. Mm-hmm. You perform for free, you'll be a devaluing his time. Civil ceremonies? Civil ceremonies. I don't. I just can't imagine. You know, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go with old people's homes. Old people's homes. I think okay. that's it. We'll. No, 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 uh, we've got one more. Oh, we've got one more. This is only four on here. Oh, it is. Oh, no. The fifth is on here. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, what one effect. Would Atlas only ever perform for the rest of his life? So if he could only perform one effect for the rest of his life, what and it, would he perform? It's not a multiple choice. It's, it's just which, yeah. whichever It effect. could be his own creation. It could be a creation It'll of someone else's. Tracking. It will be train tracking. I kind of thought that as well, but then I think he might surprise us. I think he might, but I, I'm going to go... going to go with train tracking. With train tracking. Or something of mine. Or something of mine. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, that's your five answers. Let's hide that's, these away, and then we'll call see. him in. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we welcome back, Atlas. Um, I've been asking Ken the questions that I've got for you. Okay. Um, and I, I think the questions, they, they, were, they were a mixture of difficult ones, but also interesting ones that yeah. I think, you know, you can really think about and, and probably, hopefully, get a few right here. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think we've got a good chance. Not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as a great chance. We've got a good chance. Okay. okay, so the first question that I asked Ken was, which of Atlas's creations is he least proud of? And I have to say that this is only from the body of work that's released that Ken knows about. So, obviously, you might have got ideas and what you've done before, but this is the stuff that's out in the public domain that he knows about. Okay. So, which, which am I least proud of? I yes. feel like I haven't released anything that's been a dud. Do you know what I mean? I, oh no, I, I don't think like, we were saying. No, 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 I, no, I, no, I know that. I just have to think. Because it's a challenge, because I'm, I'm pleased with everything that I've created, because it's all distinctly, uniquely me, my flavor, my approach to mentalism. And I would have to say, based what on what of? Ken would think, wouldn't be train tracking, it wouldn't be the solution, which is not released, it'll be released in, in you know, two weeks or so. Um, and it's going to be between the prodigal and the real thing. And I think Ken would have said the real thing. Oh, you know it was what? almost that. We right at the end, he remembered the crusade. I love the crusade. Ah, oh, I thought it might. I don't know why. I just thought maybe it's that one. Ah, oh, I'm sorry. Because we talked about the whole branching anagram thing, uh, which the real thing is a progression of that, isn't it? With the whole like. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't give away the methodology, yeah. but yes, it. Um, it really, it really... It fits into that, theme, yeah, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Oh, God, I, thought, um, I thought we could have got that. 
I, th- I thought you were actually that one. You're just disappointed. To be honest, you just let yourself down. <laughs> Thanks, <sir>, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on. Um, what trait in Atlas's personality does he most, or would he most like to eliminate? Oh, what gosh. Trait? Have, literally, this is a character really... assassination <laughs> set up by a <laughs> question. What's his worst thing? What's no, the worst it's about not, him? It's not. Wait till you get to the other ones. <laughs> You'll be ready to slit your wrists. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll just go ahead and cut that. Um, what trait would I most like to eliminate? Yeah, uh, from the from your personality. This is really tough. I thought your answer was interesting, actually. I don't agree with your answer. Oh, really? No, I, just from what I know, of him. N- know about yeah, him. I, think, I don't I think, think he'll pick this. I think, about, I think you're right. I think he, that's but you can't change your mind now. No, no, no. Should we sing a little song? We'll sing a little song. No, I, I, you I'm trying to think. Bastard. You I, I would think any any aspect of worry, anything to do with being worried about things. Okay. Uh, Kennedy's response was self-deprecation. Let you bring yourself down. Oh no, I love myself. <laughs> <laughs> self-deprecation is the way. I don't agree with that. Though I don't love myself. No, I, I think it's I think it's worried. Like even with the parking just now, do you know what I mean? There's always little itches in the back of my mind, like that, oh, I could have said OCD or something yeah, like that. I, I, I would have gone a little OCD bit on stage. Those. Like I'll set stuff up and then I'll check it again and I'll check it again. I did the yeah. same thing. And uh, I think that would be it because I would I would love to be a bit because I'm I'm pretty easygoing with most stuff, but when some it's almost like a, you know an itch in your brain for mm. some things, and that's what I would switch on. I'd have said. I think I'd have gone for something like relinquishing control of certain things that you're yeah, probably... Yeah, I just... Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, so that's zero for two. Number three. Right, I think you'll like this one. If Atlas's house was... Oh, sorry, you can look. If yeah. Atlas's house was on fire and you could only rescue one of these items, which one would it be? A, your mentalism props. B, your dog. Or C... Your books. What do you mean by my books? All my mentalism your, books? Your books, as in or the your books book that collection. I've uh, no, your, your whatever like books your you've books. got in your house, you can take them all. Ah, uh, books. Yeah, there baby! Let's There's get married! <laughs> to be honest, because you, you thought you said books straight away, didn't straight you? Away, yeah. Because he, he knows that you like... You're, you've a, got reader. Some you're a reader. Books. And you've got some valuable collection. You've got my book, for example. You're always telling me about books and stories. Yeah, that actually, that's the one that did get stolen. I didn't care. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Finish maybe the, Maybe the... Yeah, we should... Finish <laughs> well, it was, it was actually pretty easy, because I did a whole lecture for Penguin on Propolis. Right. And then you know I hate the dog. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. It's not, 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 like, well, it's not the bloody dog. As soon as that like, it's not the dog. The question should be, if he could leave one book behind <laughs> in the house fire, <laughs> would he leave? Oh, dear. Right, okay, question four. If Atlas could only perform one type of gig from now on, what would it be? Ooh. A, old people's homes. I hate you. B, charity events for free. Or C, civil ceremonies. What's civil ceremonies? Weddings? Like civil partnerships. Do people even... Doesn't the state just recognise them? Well, um, but now it's, it's legal, isn't it, to, uh, to get married with gay couples? Oh, that's right. Okay, so that's yeah. just me. So, the, you know... Um, <laughs> it, would, it, would, very it would be, specific it would be charity free. events. Charity events for free? Charity events for free. For the rest of your life? For the rest of my life. 
That's not what I said. He said old people's homes. There's obviously something I don't know, isn't there? Well, I did. Oh, yeah. No, I did say to her. I, there said, I said there is a really there's a story, but I'm not going to tell you because it will affect when, you. When we thing. get when we get to Luch's story time, I'll tell my story time, <laughs> and you'll see why I'm not I'm not doing the. Oh, no. It actually was like horrendous. Yeah, yeah. But I'm surprised. I thought it would have been that because then charities, at least I can look at it and say I'm doing something for a good cause. I know, but yeah. you great. But you have value on your time. I know you're like, well, I'm not going to waste my time, and that is a great deal of value on your. You time. didn't even want to pay for parking today. Yeah, right. The, the point is, I had the chance to do something good and kind, and I took it. That's what I would have done. Okay. Okay. So the fifth and final question. We're only on one point each, dude. By the way, so just do better. You could draw now. You could draw one. I okay. think you, you will. If actually, you weren't so self-absorbed, Ken, you'd have nailed these. That's true. Sorry. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> what one effect would Atlas only ever perform for the rest of his life? Uh, one effect. Just one. And it can be your own creation, or it can be any. That's what I said to him. And do I? I've got to go with what I think Ken would have said. Of yeah, of course. Was Ken would have said train tracking. Boom! Yeah! Yeah! Two for two. Yes. Well, two for five. <laughs> two, two out of five. You're drawing now. We're drawing. Is there anybody left? Is that it? Uh, yeah. No, oh, Luch. I've got uh, to do something Luch now. Luch has five points. Ken has five points. Yeah. I have four points. So you are I am, the, I am loser the loser again. again. Does that mean we have to settle it with something? Yeah, we have something to settle two. it. Between us two. Is this the mentalism death match? Celebrity mentalism death match! He loves this bit so much. <laughs> Welcome to mentalism death match. The oh ultimate way to settle tiebreak. We have two luchadors entering the field. Uh, both masks. <laughs> no, I just realized. Long dramatic balls there. I was not ready. Yet. I was oh going to name them, but I was going to name them, but then I realized I don't know who they <laughs> are. Who they are? So, so again, to refresh your memory, the way this game is played is luchadors show up with their luchador masks, and based on the moves that they do, the moves are names of their material. Yep. Based on the moves that they do, they'll do a move. Um, it could be something like again, oh, and he's dropped a name in place, and I would then guess Cassidy. Now I'm guessing this time you ties are, you two are facing each other. If your luchador is guessed correctly and you are unmasked, mm -hmm. that's it. You lose, and the tiebreak goes to your opponent. Okay, so I'm ready to go. I'm gonna now pony on up, and here he comes with the Green Odyssey to the face. The Green Odyssey. The Green Odyssey. <laughs> yep. Ross Taylor. No, it's not. He plays on. And the Green Odyssey is blocked. He moves around and hits him with his smash and stab. Jonathan Royal. Yeah. Right, okay. He takes the smash and stab. He blocks it with his dead letter. <laughs> his dead letter? Is this Art Vandalay? It's not Art Vandalay. He plays on. His dead letter has absolutely no effect. As he climbs a turntable... Turntable, turnbuckle, jumps off and hits him in the face with his paper balls! Paper balls? <laughs> yeah, this is the worst game we've ever come up with. It is terrible. Uh, paper balls? Brandon Queen. Who? He takes his paper balls and he lashes out <coughs> with a huge torrent <coughs> of words <coughs> right to the elbow. Is this Fraser Parker? It's not Fraser Parker. I'm just, I'm, I'm staying away from all the obvious guys because I think you guys would have... Okay. Um, he gets himself back up because that caught him. It hurt him a little bit. And he's now going to retaliate with his... The real thing! 
Okay. Now, I've obviously got a conundrum here because... Is it me? <laughs> Someone else did the real thing, and I'm aware of who they were. Roll. Into the memory. Into the memory, indeed. I want to say it's Osterman. He might have. Well, he might claim to. But it's not. So he takes his real thing, and while he's not looking, he hits him around with the $8 memory. <laughs> the $8 memory? Yeah. It just sounds like a really bad tourist attraction. <laughs> <laughs> the $8 memory. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is killing me. And you're ringing the bell. Here we go, Ted Karmelovich. Is not the right answer. His $8 memory is no match for his tarot on the patio. Is this Doc Hilford? No. Oh, I think... You can't do it. I know I can't, but I'm I'm thinking in my head. I'm I'm guessing in my head, because as I'm guessing, I'm also going to play the fourth power. (laughs) I just love the Kennedy's face when he plays the move. He looks at me. And right face eyebrow. Eyes huge, face (laughs) ducked down in terror. The fourth power? Yeah. This is, you guys have just chosen the worst people. This is a proper, like, is yours like a proper person? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Richard Bush. Incorrect. He's getting a little bit tired, but he picks himself up. He has, he finds the courage for one more move. He gets up into the middle of the ring. He throws him in the air and hits him with his the amazing pendulum. (laughs) Pendulum work. It's not Bill Cushman. No. Standing face to face, eye to eye, staring him with hate, and then suddenly he uses the flappers. (laughs) (laughs) The flappers. This is called flappers, actually. Well, then I'm hosed. I'm <laughs> <laughs> truly. Uh, flappers. <laughs> Eight dollar memory. What is? What is this? It's a really Barry Richardson. It's not Barry Richardson. He knows the flappers, so he steps out of the way, pokes him in the eye, while he looks for a move. <laughs> and he finally finds one. <coughs> Elbows him in the temple with synchronistic dreams. Is this Neil Scryer? It's Neil Scryer! Oh, you're a loser! He's got Neil Scryer. I just, I just realized. Fair, thank God. I just I realized, yeah. I was like, who the hell are all these people? And then I realized everything was on the mystical side for yeah. Luchas, and that's, yeah. that's Neil Scryer. So, what have you got about my guy? Because he's about to come and hit you with Spellbound across the head. Spellbound? Yeah. He hit me with Spellbound across the head, because I've got no idea who the guy is. I've got Leo Boudreau. Oh. Leo Boudreau? Yeah. I love Leo Boudreau as not well. Not that much. Not that no, much. No, I do. I just never memorized the name for his routines. Symmetrica. I've Genius. got Symmetrica. Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. $8 memory. I even know what that is now. And now the flaps one. It's about the orientation of the flaps. Remember that? Piss flaps. <laughs> Flappers. Yeah, the $8 memory is the uh, is the dollars with the... Um, yeah. Dang it. So you did know it. Oh, well done, Luke. Well played. Well, well you played. won. Yeah, I did. Well well won. Congratulations. I'm, frankly, I'm just relieved it's over. To be fair. <laughs> me me too. too. I hope the special effects that he can overload make it sound good. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll be as boring as that. Because to quote my favourite word, it's shit. Performance craft. Right, so this uh, this month was also a busy month for me, but it was um, it, it was uh, 
you know, but each performer approaches things differently. And I was, uh, I was a bit more introspective this month about why something had gone off really well. Um, I'd, done a, I'd done a big gig for the strategic accounts department of, uh, of a very big multinational company. Okay. And it went over really, really well. I mean, couldn't, couldn't have gone better. Um, it could have. It could have hired me instead. I was still seeing the exact <laughs> same thing. You comedy, read my mind. Comedy gold. I think you on. really are a mind reader, to Move, be honest. Moving. Thank you. It's the real deal. Move on. Better, no, no, than, I, better I, than your I, bullet peak. <laughs> I'm out. I quit. No, no, I'm... I'm uh... So you did this really good. It went well for this multinational huge company. Uh, okay, and you learned something? Yeah, and they, well, they, you know, it was nice because they gave me pictures of the event. They gave me a testimonial. They're like, yeah, use your logo and your advertising. So it was really good. They loved me. Um, and I looked back at it and I thought, my show, the show that I did for him, the stage show that I did for him, um, was different from ones that I'd done in the past uh. in the reactions that I had elicited yeah. through the material. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, I'm quite, I think, gregarious and funny when I perform. I, I try and be lighthearted, but I also still instill that, that sense of amazement and wonder. Um, and I looked, at, I looked back at the show I did. It was 40 minutes, and there were three, three pieces that were directly inspired to improve yeah. um, based on Baron. Now, as everyone, in my book? Yeah, based on your book, Baron. <laughs> You're like, as in my book, available now. For <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but we're not saying that. And I, when we talked about this earlier, just very briefly, we were going to talk about this. I don't want people to think we're like all going, hey, mention my book. I'm, it's not like that at all. Just, no. no, no, I'm, when I, I have gotten so many emails saying, hey, will you endorse my book? Will you do this or that? And if it's not good, I won't. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. my endorsements, I've been really careful with, especially over the last year, because um, I got burned on an endorsement that I gave, and I realized people need to be able to trust my words. So if I don't like it, I, I won't give an endorsement. Yeah, but Baron was a book where I read, and lots of people read these books for the material and for the routines. I like your material, and I like the routines, and I thought they were interesting, but it was the approach and the philosophy behind it that I really took to heart. And so I went back. And when I say, I, I did five routines throughout this 40-minute this set, mm-hmm. um, and three of them were directly influenced by that bit in Bairn yeah. where you say, a joke is funny because the punchline is unexpected. Yeah. And in mentalism, if you're a mind reader, everyone sort of expects you to get to the mind reading part. Yeah. How do you give them that extra bit of amazement? Um, and two of the routines, they were just great on their own. They're funny all the way throughout. And I don't think you need a punchy surprise end for every single thing that you do. No, no, no. Because um, that becomes predictable in and of itself. Yes, it? yeah. yes, exactly. But the, the second, fourth, and fifth bits, all, I just con- I continued to work at them and plug away at them and plug away until there was something that made them at the end of it. There was the, there was the big reveal and yeah. then that little bit extra where everyone goes, Oh, I didn't see that was going to happen. Yeah, and, and this strategic accounts group had been together for 12 years. Mm. They were all saying goodbye to each other. Wow. Right? This is, I'd been hired in for this send-off event, and they were being redistributed throughout um, the different global branches of the yeah. company. And there was an hour gap between that set and then I was supposed to do another short 15-minute set right before um, the, uh, the director okay. came in and, and did his bit. For that hour... They talked about nothing. But I mean, these guys are saying goodbye, yeah. 
And that's what they talked about was my show wow. for the rest of the hour. And then it featured in the director's goodbye talk, like repeatedly referencing. I mean, it, I, I, it couldn't have gone better. And did you purposefully, because in a previous episode we talked about customizing things to put them in the, sh- in the show so they're relevant to your audience. Did you consciously customize some of that performance <laughs> so it would be relevant? He <laughs> consciously the- removed something <laughs> from the show. Yeah. Oh, did you really? Yeah, there's, there's a bit where I make... And this is it's printed up on card, right? You're fired! So, no, no. There's a, there's a bit where it's printed up on card, and it's the word French, and it's like a, it's, there's, there's a yeah. joke in there. <clears throat> but the director was like this father figure that everybody loved, and, and he was French. Oh. And I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm in the middle of this bit, knowing I'm pummeling up to this envelope, and I'm just like... <laughs> and take it and set it aside and I have to get the contents out of it and I did that all you know so that's why Lucha's laughing is because I came back and was like I had to change this in <laughs> yeah, the thing you had your own wonky yeah, story there didn't you yeah, yeah but you know luckily I, I came out of it and um, but uh, as far as special prep for everything else not that portion that portion was the standard show the next 15 minute parlor slot was a Q&A which was geared toward yeah. Their time, what they'd learned over the last 12 years, who they'll miss, yeah. um, you know, the the achievements that they had. And so I made it a very personalized but Q&A the for that them. The, the director was sort of referencing during his presentation, that was just stuff from your standard show. It wasn't as if he was purposely designed them to be referenced. Yeah, he was, he was saying, essentially, that the world can be so amazing and so magical. And I know that you're looking, some of you are looking forward to the future with hope and excitement. Some of you, because change is difficult, it's always worrisome. But see the potential. Tonight, our eyes have been opened to so much potential and so much amazing things. The world can be incredible. And Atlas has showed us that. Let's oh, all embrace cool. that. Do you know what I mean? He, literally, he was really, really complimentary throughout. And I was mm. amazed that that was the case. But looking back on it... I'm amazed it was the case, actually. Yeah, but he was complimentary about it. Finish him! <laughs> looking back on it, my point was that without the... Because I said at the time, I thought Baron was the most important book since Maximum Entertainment. He did enough, right? um, and it wasn't because of the material, it was because of the <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to take your show and, and steal it. But I, I thought the idea of how we get across to our audience is really important. And to take the routines, the two that I didn't change were the two I've worked for years and are perfect as is. Yeah. But the, the other ones, they slowly, over the last six months... They've continued to develop and continue to develop and continue until I, I, I was really, really happy that there's that, there's the reveal and then this extra moment of amazement yes. that's a part of it. Yeah. And, and it really elevated the show tremendously, yeah. like tremendously. Because, because films or movies do that all the time. You think you know where it's going. There have to be some bumps in the road somewhere. And there has to be a surprise. That, that guy you thought was dead at the beginning is alive at the end and he comes back. Like the, the Sixth Sense, that, that M. Night Shyamalan thing where... I'm, I'm probably butchered his name, but my point is there's that that really became a surprise ending thing, yes. and people began to view theater yeah. differently at yeah. that point. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's cool. I'm pleased. That's, so that was that, and that really helped to do that. That's great. Yeah, I was I was really. So, what do you think as as a listener? What can we take away from that in terms of how that process and what you think we should like practically be doing? I'm not saying hey, all everyone should be go by Ben because well, you should, but. It, what, what is Sell the, out! <laughs> Sell out! What's the, what's, the, what's the learning from that? Is it about no, I, I think it is. No, like... I think it is. I think it's going back, looking at your show, never being satisfied until you feel that you've squeezed every little bit out of 
that reveal, that moment that was possible. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think when, when you do that, when you work your routine absolutely solid and you consistently think about it, because I think, I think before, Baron, I was guilty a little bit of just saying, right, here's this routine, here's this routine, here's this routine, here's how they string, uh, string up together, and that's good enough, and I've got a show. And, it, and, it, and for, for most people, it is good enough. You'll get great reactions out yeah. of it yeah. because what we're doing is so amazing well, that you can't, you can't help but get great reactions. But are you, are you bringing them on a uh, – gosh, I can't even bring myself to say it. It sounds so sickeningly cliched. But are you bringing them on a, a sort of roller coaster giant, ride where, where yeah. there's exhilaration and excitement? Because you're right. It gets to a point where it's tedious. Oh, look, the Mind Raiders got it again. Mm-hmm. Well, earlier on you said about um, the, the punchline shouldn't be obvious. Um, so at what point did you, when, when you looked at one of your routines, at what point did you think to yourself, okay, so I'm, it's going from A to B, and I know that the, the, the reveal is going to be here. Where did you identify areas to start injecting this, um, these elements of surprise and things like that on it? Or did they... Just while he's thinking about that. I'll <coughs> no, no, I, I've more. got the answer. Yeah, got but, the answer. I was yeah. just thinking time there, because I was going to say my philosophy is, is I always think when I get to a routine... And I get to the end, I think, okay, but what now? Like, what opportunities are there? What is possible? What am I already set up for? I've, okay, so I've switched the deck of cards, for example, mm. which means I now have that deck of cards in my pocket. What does that mean? Or oh, I now have another deck of cards in my hand. What does that mean? What opportunities is that presenting naturally just because well, the, of the, 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 natural- the reason why I asked that was that is, is one, because I, I think it's a good thing to, to actually reference and you need to discuss that. But two, the other day, um, I was doing a, a wedding and I handed a deck of cards to uh, one of the guys who was instructing just to mix them up. Um, my reasoning being is that, so you know that I haven't prearranged the deck in any way. When he handed me the cards back, now we know we, I, I use a, a marked deck, yeah. and I just clocked the, the top card. And one of the questions that I ask for people is, that, you know, if you were just to randomly name a, a, a random playing card, what would you name? The guy said the Queen of Diamonds, which was had just happened to be the card that he just shuffled to the top. <laughs> so it exactly gave me this, oh, hang on, I've got to have this moment now, this freebie, that is just a moment of amazement. And I said, wouldn't it be amazing if completely unconsciously to you, you've shuffled the deck and you've shuffled that very card that you're just thinking about to the top? Yeah. I said, well, you turn it over then. And he turned it over and everyone went nuts. I didn't bother doing the rest of the trick because <laughs> that was it. I was just like, there's a free trick. That's a miracle. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm asking. The ambitious card from that. Mm. Which, and some people will do that because they're so linear in the way Exactly. And we shall ruin and poo-poo the whole God, point of this miraculous really? moment you've Absolutely. just created. Yeah. And so, you, sorry, going back to, so what was your process? Um, like, for, for one example, I, I did a book test. Okay. And I had two people that I was working with a book test. Mm-hmm. Um, and I begin to read these people. But I've also handed another book to a third person, and I've asked them to choose a word as well. Okay. So I read the two people, and I get their words. Great. You know, that's, that's, that's your mind-reading bit. Yep. Uh, and everyone sort of expects me, with this third person, to you, read their mind and get the, and get the book. Yep. But instead, I, t- I, handed, I brought them up and handed them a dictionary. Yeah. And I said, you know, flipping through the dictionary, you can see there's not a word circled on every page. In fact... You can't see any circle. I have one word circled in this dictionary, and I hope it's the word that you chose. She opened it up, and it was the only word circled there. And the reaction, because it was so very different structurally to what everyone else had seen, that was the, that was the surprise, kick him in the teeth moment. And it was clear nothing else was circled in the dictionary. And she had her free choice of anything. So you changed it. So it's, it's, it's a departure from what they expected to see. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. And I think one of the things to not get bogged down in as well, 
which I didn't talk about in the book, is it can also be done with pacing. It doesn't need to be just be done with what you reveal. So if you're doing, for example, Tossed Out Deck, um, I, ha I have a version of Tossed Out Deck where I can name the three individual cards. And because the three reveals are going to be the same, they're going to be your thinking of this card, your thinking of that card, your thinking of that one, I could end with a prediction. Or I could, you know, I could do something else. But the way I've changed it is the first person I have trouble with, the second person I'll make a joke about, then get it slowly. The third person... I get slowly-ish, a little bit faster, but then as soon as I've named that, that third person's card, I then sort of like snap straight and reveal the first person's card. So the pacing is slowly, 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 this card. Slowly, slowly, this card, this card. So then, so the pace takes them by surprise. So there's, there's an element of, of stagecraft and performance to it. To be exactly the same thing with exactly. surprise. It's a bit like that when, you know, there's that nice conversation in the car, in, in some kind of movie, they're sitting, the, the two main characters are sitting, talking, and then suddenly a truck hits the side of the car. Hmm. You know, it's nice and slow, nice and slow, and bang, and everyone gets a shock. Yeah. It's that same thing again. So the surprise can be that you set them up for a pacing. Even though you know where the ending's going to be, the pacing can be the surprise. So it's slowly, 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 bang. That can be, oh, and that's where you get, again, that extra level of, of release from the audience. You can do it with pace, too. Yeah, there's, and, and, but I think the whole point is, and this is what I loved about Baron, is it makes me think about... The show itself, as opposed to the effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's I the difference between the string of effects. I think yeah. it helps to get away from that string of effects because you do one effect and then you top that effect, and then you top the effect again, and then maybe you move on rather than just go now. I'm going to do the book test. Now I'm going to do the tossed out deck. Now I'm going to do the you know. It, it gives you a bit more, a bit more to it than that. That's yeah, great. the show is not just structure; it's showmanship, and and that's yeah. that's where the focus. I, and I, and again, reading Baron really drove this home to me. That's where the focus needed to be. And I can tell you, most successful event I've ever worked. That's cool. That's correct. Because of those That's changes. Cool. Because of applying that stuff and, and making that stuff. And it sickens me that it was you. <laughs> <laughs> it sickens me. Can I ask a question, Luch? You just did. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you another one now, which is, which is I, talk, I always think about, because I don't really do much close-up, I'm doing a little bit of it, and I am quite enjoying the learning process. It's a very big learning curve for me. But on stage, I always think of, I'm going to do this effect, then I'm going to have this surprise kick. I'm going to have this other surprise, I'm going to build again. Is that a practical approach for close-up as well? Or, is, or does it need to be a bit less? <coughs> yeah, so I, I think it is, and I'll answer for him. Before Please while don't. He, yeah. <laughs> 4.8 minutes works on that premise, and that's part of why I love that routine. Mm, yeah. I find close-up lends itself to a lot more um, circumstances because it's so intimate and informal and people talking, like, if you're on stage, you wouldn't expect to be heckled every five seconds. No. Whereas close-up, you don't get heckled, but you, you're involved in a banter, a bit of a conversation it's more of a with conversation, people. It's more like a social thing. So it? moments appear at your disposal more often to be able to create things offbeat. And it's, so that's, that's the impromptu and going with it. But it's very jazzy, plan, I think. Yeah, jazzy's a good word for it. But in terms of planning, like, a kicker climax, another climax, another climax, hmm. would you do that close-up? Or do you think yeah, the best sometimes. to do one climax and then move the hell on with the next routine? I think it all depends. Sometimes I gauge things by the way that I... Feel the audience has taken something. So sometimes I might plan to do two or three things, and one of them has hit really well. And I feel to myself, do you know what? I can't really top that moment at the moment, mm -hmm. so I'm not going to um, negate it by then moving on to something else. Uh, so I think it's very much, and, and it's, it is. It's very much you, you. You've got your stuff. You've got it planned. You've got it pre prepped. But you don't have to go into it if you don't feel that the situation is necessary at the time. I, I agree with him. There's a, I don't know if anyone watches Seinfeld here in the UK, but there's a moment when George 
decides for any meeting he's in, anytime he says you know something that makes him laugh and happy, he stands up and he leaves. He's like, thanks, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> and, and I think that that approach, um, in close-up, you can always come back to the group. Yeah. So it is great to say, perfect, thanks, I've got to leave you, I've got to mingle with other people, but we'll see you, we'll see you again. And then you can go back in and do more material if you so choose. So is that what you would do? If you, get your, you think, I'm not going to get a better reaction from any of the future tricks I've got lined up for them, the future effects I've got lined up for them, and you've just like killed it with, they've shuffled the deck of cards, then many card, nine mm. and diamonds, turn it over, boom. Would you literally leave the group at that point? Yeah. You would do that? Yeah. Because you've done something at that point that will never ever be explained, right? And then all it'll do is just uh, they will they will start yeah. talking about it, yeah. and they'll maybe start following you around, or they'll watch what's going on at the next table. Mm. Um, you don't need to. No, that's, you that's don't need really, to. really fantastic. You have to be fluid. Be like water, as Bruce Lee said. I think close up is very much like that. You'd be like water. You can mold to anything. It goes into a cup. It becomes the cup. There, there is an element of fluidity to close up performance where it is. And we've talked about this before in the podcast where it's you, just you, having to go in and instantly be likable. Yeah. Um, and that, that there's, a, there's an element, like Luke says, of fluidity to that where you've got to go with the moment, judge. And, and that's, I think so much of close-up work is good judgment, yeah. making the right call for the group Which and is moving probably on. Which is why I'm thinking about doing it more than ever now because I'm getting better at judging people and that's a thing I wasn't doing. But you know you've what? always been super judgy to me. What yeah, I would I'm, recommend... I'm, there's a lot of you to judge. What I'd recommend is a bit of... <laughs> oh, finish him! Finish him! See, I beat you to it. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to take your power away. What, I would, uh, what I would recommend yeah. is uh, changing your... Uh, not your approach, but your, what I suppose it is your approach, but your mindset is in that... Everything's structured when you're on stage, yeah. and it has to be. Mm. But think of my close-up as you have whatever you bring with you, your props. So if you're going to bring, you know, a peak wallet or you know some pens and things like that, yeah. think of it as a toolcase. Yeah, <laughs> that's your it's your toolkit. Yeah, and your toolkit is there to provide moments of amazement. And it's you don't think of it as well. That's that routine. That's this routine. You just think of it. This is what I have at my disposal. And let's go in and talk and see what where we wow. get. That's see, I, such a different way. I to totally, for me. I, I totally agree with that. Because another analogy, the analogy that I sort of think of it as is: stage is driving down the freeway in your car, and close up is driving in a figure eight loop in a go kart with other people around. It's less that structured. Has me completely lost. No, no, it's less structured. There's more variables at play. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's less linear. And you have to be able to react. It's almost like rallying yeah. when you're rallying. Yeah, yeah, because there's more, more chaos, more chat. Because you can be interrupted at any moment. That's yeah. fighting the life out that of me. Like, the MCs kill me. Yeah, the MCs or, or, or photographers or whatever it is. Yeah, you're in a little group and then suddenly they want to do the speeches. You're like, but I'm about to tell them the yeah. name of their exactly. dead mum. But part of that is watching, always, always a watching for those things, paying attention to the time, knowing the schedule. Do you know what I mean? And, and those elements begin to be important so I would never do a big routine if I know I've got two minutes left mm -hmm. it's, it's one of these things where you have to it's a big learning curve for me and hopefully that my learning is hopefully useful to our listeners, listeners well, as well it's good you're in an interesting transition because you're, you're thinking about doing close-up more whereas I'm getting more and more stand-up bookings so I'm turning to you a lot more to discuss something like all my Christmas that in every single Christmas booking that I've got is stand-up yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm not used to that yeah. I'm going to have like sort of 13 stand-up gigs that's great no, it's not. I'm quite nervous about it because it's yeah, not my I've natural forte. I've seen your stand-up and it's good. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've no, I mean, I feel confident doing my show because I know my show. But at the same time, I'm not as confident um, 
on stage as I am doing close-up because yeah. I haven't done as much of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you are weird because Kennedy is almost exclusively stage. Yeah. Luch has done a lot of close-up and is transitioning to more. And because I've just gotten here and I'm like, I'll take any work. Right. I'm uh, I'm Four. roughly half and half. Four. And KFC at weekends and serving burgers. Yeah. The level of respect, the level of respect the two of you have for me is just staggering, isn't it? I'm sorry, is somebody is somebody talking? I think it's a cleaner. Maybe it's, oh, oh, he wants. Should we have a burger? Let's do that. I'll stop for a burger. <laughs> I hate you both so much. Well, Ken, you actually mentioned something that you want to talk about, isn't it, in relation to your uh, gigs, what you do at the end. Uh, yeah, on the conclusion it, of each gig. Yeah, so once I finish crying... <laughs> <laughs> and you're wiping all the things off your face that people are throwing. Yeah, um, I've, I've come up with this really great habit, and it's a, a great thing that a number of performers have told me about. And now, after every single show, I have a little... Are they called Moleskin? Moleskin? Yeah, Moleskin Journal. Journal. How um, could you mispronounce that? Well, it's Moleskin, Moleskin. He's used Moleskine. to saying well, It's got an E on the end. No, it doesn't. It does. Does it? No, it doesn't. It does. Oh, dear. Oh, well, you're going to go online now and show that it just says mole skin. Right. Well, if you're <coughs> going to Google, I'm going to Google. Um, I'm not going to Google because the computer's offline. Hooray. Uh, Brilliant. Well, Alex's phone's not. Well, lucky yeah. here. Either way, so you get a mole skin journal. I get a mole skin journal, and I write almost like a review of myself, hmm. of what went well, what I didn't do so well, what didn't work, I why I think it didn't work. You've probably got your best reviews from that. Yeah, book, probably. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Five oh, wow. stars from You me. were right. Was I right? That makes me Where's so the sad. in? Is the, in uh, the E on the end? Uh, it is. Skin. It's yeah. a skine. Moleskine. Moleskine. That's why I, I can, I can swear skin. in the States, it's without an E. Sounds I've always like, pronounced it Moleskine. Where's it from? Norway or something like that? It's yeah, probably. It's rubbish. crap. Yeah. So at the end of every single show, I go back to I go back to you know backstage and I sit and I'll write down okay this went particularly well this is what happened this is the show where this happened just one so I can recollect particular shows if someone references <coughs> That's them. That's a good idea. But also, I, if a new joke happens or a new bit of business happens during the you show, write it down I either. write it down so I can go oh yeah what was that bit of business straight after the show while I'm still on that high mm. and then the final thing I do is I score Dear my diary. <laughs> Today was amazing. I was super funny on stage and I. Killed it at the end. <laughs> they almost st- got a standing ovation, but it turned out they were just leaving. <laughs> <laughs> you can read my journal. My nail writer <laughs> fell off. I'm a real boy. I'm a real boy. So, um, and then I, after I sort of reviewed and I came up with this new line or this new moment was really good or this particular routine worked really well and I think that's because of this. So I really kind of get all my thoughts of, you know that stuff, I don't know about you, maybe it's just me overanalyzing every show, but after I've done a show, I'm lying in bed or sitting at home with a cup of tea, and I, over, and I think through every moment. And then I will also score myself out of 10. So I'll say, okay, I <laughs> thought that was... He scores himself out of 10 <laughs> after he thinks really hard. So he <laughs> yes. Dear diary, <laughs> looking back over the last few weeks, I think I've leveled up. <laughs> So Charisma that- <laughs> nine <laughs> Chafing five <laughs> Humor four <laughs> Note to self buy a new UV pen I've got stains everywhere Oh no So yeah, so yeah this moleskins how's it working out for you? <laughs> it's going really sticky <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> Yeah so I write down what I think was good, what I think was I could improve on, what didn't work so well. I write down any new ideas, any new things that happened in the show, and then I score myself out of 10. For me, that was a 6 out of 10 show. For me, that was an 8 or a 9 out of 10 show. And what I found by doing that is I'm, I'm so much more 
conscious during my show about everything that's happening because I'm thinking I'll write that in the journal I'll write that in the journal I'll write that in the journal and it almost keeps myself accountable to doing that and reporting back to myself and that also means that if I look back on every time I do a show now I'm looking back at my previous show and when I've written (coughs) this bit here needs changing I need to improve that bit I'm thinking okay that's the thing I'm going to do in the show to improve that bit so I've got something to focus on in the show then I come back and I can review based on that so it's one of the best things to be fair what you've written is Dear diary, <laughs> the audience. Today, the audience needed to be better. How <laughs> <laughs> they all go? So that really no, no, I'm, oh, I, I know we're kidding, but I, I think that there's a lot of value in that. There is. There, there's, there, there really is a lot of value to the the sort of self studied introspection, a disciplined introspection. That's it. That goes along with uh, with almost an autopsy of every single show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I like the idea of keeping it in a notebook. I've never done that. I always. I always have a little audio recorder okay. that I'll record. But you do like the sound of your own voice. <laughs> <laughs> Finish not, it! Not, not as much as you like the sound of yours, Ken. <clears throat> I like the sound of yours. That's why oh, I listen really? to the podcast on loop. <laughs> on loop. Looper. On loop. Volpe. Looper. Volpe. No, no, I, uh, but but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll record it and I'll listen to it. And that way, I've got not just the lines mm. that I like. You've got to deliver But it. the delivery, the intonation, the pacing, mm. the timing. You know, mm. the, the, like the slightest pause. And how, and, and how is that um, working out for you? Well, if you've listened to the other segment, I don't know where we'll cut this, but uh, really well, honestly, because yeah. it's allowed me to take those, like I was talking about those three routines, mm-hmm. it's allowed me to take those and change them, tweak them until finally they're pretty darn perfect mm. and I'm really happy with them. Yeah, he's quite modest about how perfect Incidentally, did you keep this diary um, before or after the cotton head gig? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should talk I'm about I'm not familiar with that head. term, cottonhead. Remember that, a cottonhead, Joe? Oh, no. <laughs> I've been doing shows in old folks' homes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you come to? What did you talk about this? Okay, so welcome to a new feature. We're going to try something a little bit different this time, just to keep things fresh. Uh, everyone has got the uh, the magic drawer at home. They've all got their drawer where they've bought their props, they've bought their ideas and their tricks, their packet tricks and things like that, uh, and they just don't use them. And it sits there gathering dust, getting you know, no use at all in their drawer, their magic drawer at home. So we've decided to create a new feature based around this idea, uh, but we're going to call it the dream drawer. So this is the opposite. You're going to have a certain amount of money, and you're going to choose a certain amount of items, and you've got to make um, those purchases in your mind and describe what you would buy and put in your dream drawer if you had a certain budget. So we've got a little game that we're going to play. We've got a load of billets uh, that are rolled up. Ken's just uh, shuffling them, I think. So I said it. And on those billets, we have numbers. Yeah, from one through six. One through six, okay. So Atlas is going to take one of these scrunched-up pellets of of paper. Any one. And he opens it up, and he's going to tell us what number this he has. how many items he has to buy with the budget he's about to be assigned. Two. You have to buy two okay. items. So Atlas will be buying two items for his dream draw, but he cannot go any higher than a certain budget. That so you've budget, got the budget, haven't you? It's going to be the same thing, crumpled up pellets of paper with different values of cash on there. So Atlas, just take one. And let everyone know what your budget is for so this particular items. game. 100 pounds. Right, so now Atlas has to have a think. He has to get two pri- two items. He cannot go over £100. And 
Can I have books? Can I have whatever? You can have whatever you want as long as it will go in your dream drawer. You need two of them. There must be two items for the £100 budget. And do I have to hit £100 exactly, or can I... As close as you You can. You can't go over it. Okay, so that's that's a ceiling that's been set Yeah, that's the top limit. But try and get close to it if you can. So Atlas now tells us that he's ready. He has those items in mind. He's going to tell us what they are. But most importantly, he's going to tell us why he decided to go with those two items. <laughs> right, I'm getting uh, books. Because I two feel books. like there's, there's, there's more information in books mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, more bang for your buck. Okay. The first one is Mentalism in New Directions, Lee Earl. Fantastic. Ah, good book. Very, very good book. So that's about... And that's about $20 US on his PDF that he sells. Oh, it's a oh, PDF. PDF. I've got the, the hot ball. It's a paperback yeah, version. Paperback. I, I, think, I think he's out of the hard copies and okay. he sells that's a PDF. That's good so. $20 yeah, for that. Fantastic. That's ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and then I think I would do The uh, Return of the White Dwarf by Bob Casty. Really? Oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's come out of left field, that Ooh, one. Oh, yeah. What was it you like so much about this? Uh, I, just, I just feel that between the pair of them... If I'm if I'm going a hundred quid between the pair of them, I oh, can so still pocket some cash and I can do a lot of great magic. <laughs> <laughs> so he's done it to have change he's in gonna, his pocket. Yeah, That's he's why he's done. I've, got to, I've got to pay for the parking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So return of the right dwarf. Which is like, I'm, I'm assuming that's an ebook as well. Uh, I think. I think it was. Yeah, at I one think point. Bob's yeah. got them as ebooks. Um, and and uh, yeah, mentalism in new directions has great. Great material in throughout. There's lots of utilities, and then of course there's a nice sort of a themed presentation in there. I know you've talked about the the Prithless envelope in there before. What other standout routines and ideas oh, have you got in in train mind? Of thought. Oh, that's a fantastic oh, routine. It's the best. Uh, I really really like his um, his Q and A. Which one? Bit section with the uh, with the marked. Oh, is it the like? The, sure, maybe I should be a bit no, no, careful. No. Yeah, yeah. It's it, is it the one which is like? And, and I like I like the, the graphology puzzle. one. The graphology Q and A. Yes, in there? yes. And then there's um, there's the puzzle one as well. The puzzle's really nice. Oh, that's from is it pieces of my mind. Pieces that's of my mind. Was in yeah, that yeah. ebook. And, yeah. and I've done that on Have stage. You? Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, it's great. Oh, I, cool. I do it with the superhero puzzle. Ah, and, I like. And, uh, and any any time there's a kid, because there's always eight or ten or fourteen year old kids. You know, I mean, in that range in the audience, and I bring them up, and their parents. It's amazing what. Uh, yeah. What a winner it can be on wow, stage. that's good. That's that great. is good. Love it. I'm pleased we've got to discuss that, actually. That's a, really, yeah. it's a great book. So, look, going back to the, uh, the White Dwarf one. Now, that, because I'm trying to rack my brains. I know this is... I, I remember it without giving too much away. Did it have envelopes and things like that? Mm. And, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm aware of it now. Um, but there's different presentations in that. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I must reread that, you know. Yeah, it's just, you know, you look at it and it, it's, it's not as jam-packed as mentalism in new directions. I feel like mines is such a good yeah. bargain. Yeah, definitely. But, but it's it's foundational mentalism by a guy who's done it and, and has yeah. pleased crowds I used to for use years. the White Dwarf method mm. um, years and years. I can't even remember which routine I was using it for. But um, I think it was possibly the first way that I started doing my um, accidental mental square. I think that's the original way I was doing the, the secret work in it, I think. But, uh, would I be right in saying again? I'm caref- being careful what to say. Would I be right in saying that there is a similarity with? Uh, I don't mean in terms of the, the effect, but I'm terms of, we're talking method like El Numero. A similarity uh, there? No no? No? no, no. Okay, I think I'm getting this the wrong. I, I, maybe I don't know what this white dwarf is then. Okay, we'll yeah, have to look into that one. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, it's really, but it's it's one of those things where it's a thin end of the wedge. You can do a lot more with it. Mm. 
then mm-hmm. it's just presented. Yeah, that's a good question. Cool, sounds Very good. Very good. Well, that's good. Two good, um, two good items then. Brilliant. One I need to look into because I was wasn't what I thought it was. There you go. Excellent stuff. And maybe we can run this feature again uh, in a future episode. If people like it, let us know. Remember, you can keep in touch with us. You can tweet us at Three Mentalists. You can visit us and leave a comment on our blog. We love reading those. We really do. That's at threementalist.com. And where you can also download the show notes where you'll be able to see what we talked about, when, and also get very first alerts when the latest episode is released. So you won't need to be thinking, oh, I'll message them and find out when's the next episode. You'll be the first to know when the new episode is released if you subscribe at threementalist.com. And, of course, on the Facebook page, make sure you uh, give us a like there. Uh, we've now got a few thousand listeners, and we haven't got that many likes on our Facebook page. So go over there, do us a favour, help spread the word. This is obviously free. This is for you. We spend our own, we invest our own time and stuff into it. So please do spread the word by clicking like and getting involved. We we'll love it. Don't you agree, Michael Murray? To be honest, I haven't really got a clue what I'm going to do. So I'm just going to have a paint and I'll think about it and get back to you. Fight your corner. So that can only mean that the three of us have each brought along a different mentalism product for us to fight our corner with and argue that it is the best of the three uh, mentalism products in the room. So, Atlas, you're going to go first. What have you brought along with you? Uh, well, my policy is to highlight things that I feel are not as well known as they ought to be. Mm. And uh, each time I want to win... Today I have sunk into a new low as I've essentially brought in a compendium of uh, roughly 30 different conversations with mentalists. Uh, This is Ben Cummings' Conversations with Mind Readers. Are you kidding? Featuring hours and hours and hours of interviews with top professionals. I think you guys can't compete with this. It's a foundational keystone. I remember listening to these Mm. and thinking uh, I agreed with some people, I disagreed with some people. Yeah. But more importantly, when I disagreed, I really felt myself wondering why. And, it and it and really it, raises the questions and gets you to think about things you've never considered before, it, doesn't it? It does, and, it, and it, it forces you to sort of shape your own views and opinions and create your own identity as, as a mentalist. Okay. My, I mean, so what's your, what's your strength to it? Because I have a few things that I think there are, I can argue right, against. There are some interviews which I found incredibly dull yeah. um, and not enlightening, but that wasn't down to the product itself. It was down to... But the product is the interviews. It, that's like yeah, saying, oh, I really I'm, didn't like this. I love this bar of soap, but it was a bit too soapy. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, wasn't, it wasn't down to Ben Cummings' style. Okay. It was down to the fact that my personal perspective was different than the, than the performers I was listening to. I've got to admit, from the, cause I have, I've got them, but I haven't listened to every single okay. uh, thing. Some of them bored me, but yeah. I've found that as well... Um, I don't know if you, you other guys noticed, but the levels, you know, some, we talked about the levels in the podcast. Sometimes the levels, you, you can't bloody hear what people are saying, and sometimes it's really loud. Yeah. I think it was the ones with the international calls. I was having to turn it up, and it's almost like... Uh, because like Ben comes in, it's a hissy, and yeah. Ben comes in, and he's quite loud and clear. Yeah, yeah but, but you that's, can, that's, you that's can, just you what can it still, is. Yeah, you that's can still hear it quite clearly. But, I mean, you look at stuff like metal bending. I'm not a metal bender. Right. Do you know what I mean? You're and, just a bender. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I... Finish uh, but you can look at that and say, well, why aren't I interested in this? And, and again, I, I feel like more than anything, it helped me to define my personality and my persona and really solidify what I thought in the field of mentalism and why that makes me an individual and unique and, and you know, informs your perspective. And I think that alone is invaluable. It's priceless because you have so many different guys at the top of their game yeah. talking, sharing their opinions. Some you agree with, some you don't. And at the end of the day, you... 
are forced to consider different perspectives and why you agree or disagree. And that really does galvanize your personality and, and, and who you are as a, as a performer. Okay, Luch, hmm. we've got to fight him against this one. What's your... Well, I just almost nodded off. Yeah, just talking about them. But that's because I nearly nodded off listening to some of them as well. Mm, yeah. It's got inherent value in several of those interviews. You're very articulate, Luch. Yeah, here's, here's the problem, guys. It's, in many ways, they're like this podcast, right? In that, they share a lot of good information, and sometimes there's stuff that you don't care for. Right. Now, if you discount these and you try and fight your corner and say, oh, they're just not worth it or they're not useful, right. then essentially you're saying the same thing about the podcast. Oh, I see what he's doing here. Having a conversation strategic. with mind readers. Strategic. Okay, right. So I'm, I had I was thinking I had a really good argument there, and then I got distracted by um, by my superb argument my by your facial argument. hair. Um, yeah, I, I like them. I really like them. I think they really do take some getting used to in terms of the levels and the way they're sort of they are very dry. They're mm. very dry. And for me, the reason you know when we when we put this podcast together. I thought, you know, we're entertainers. How do we make this an entertaining podcast? And for me, those things are not that entertaining. Well, I felt I was, you know, before this segment, I was really, I've been, you know, I've been in pretty good mood all day. Yeah. And I feel like listening to Atlas has just sucked the whole life source yeah. out of me. Yeah. And now I'm just a bit like, oh, God. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about the product, really. Okay. I mean, they are dated now. I find them boring, to be honest. Yeah, I do find them a bit boring. I thought, so, I mean, I, so is the jinx. Yeah, yeah, I find that boring so as well. Practical mental effects. Yeah, so I find that boring. Steps. Boring. They're all dated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I, I, yeah, I can't think of anything. Um, are they still easy to get a hold of? Yeah, Ben has sure. put them in MP3 format. He's supposed to be doing a new set, I heard. Oh, is he? A new, like a second round he, of he it. He talked about that. He I had him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fabulous. We've got that. Luch, what you got? Ah. Oh. Let me just see if I can just pull myself up. Yeah, okay, so what I've got right now is, uh, this is almost like the holy grail of peak wallets. Okay. The interesting thing is, is this was never designed as a peak wallet. Well, tell us what it is. This is the original Mark Strivings SUC case. And he's recently announced that... uh He's doing them again. Oh, that is such a good call. It's been long uh, unavailable. Uh, this particular great. one is wow. maybe 15 years old. I bought this uh, wow. through Mark directly on the phone. I had to really? ring him up to get this. <laughs> wow. uh, and I used it every day as an everyday sort of, not a wallet, but I kept a bank card in there. and some like a business card holder, isn't it? Yeah. Um, for about six years, I used it every day. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit worn now. You can tell it's in some good use, but it's... Yep. You know, it's still going strong, you can still use it. Um, and it was originally designed as, and this is, I think, Banachek said this, it was designed as a loading yes. case yes. to load. Uh, I mean, we all, I think the vast majority of us will know what the SUC feature is. Since Mark's original um, case, there have been several other uh, manufacturers that have included this feature, some with permission and some without permission, yeah. we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mark owns the, the rights to this 
thing, and rightly so, you should always go through through Mark. Yeah. And I think quite a few times that hasn't been done. So uh, okay. you know, shame on those people that haven't. For such a, I mean, he's given us such a fantastic tool here. Yeah, I mean, I saw Banachek's great routine with it. He does a, a really nice thing oh, the with the pa- palm top computer. Palm top computer thing. It's, it's a great. Really nice I've never seen a lecture that fabulous routine. Um, it was, yeah, it was quite... designed to, to to load into the the wallet through the uh, through the the thing that we yeah, we yeah. can't really describe the yeah. thing what you would use to to peek. Yeah. Um, you can also use the reverse of that to load in. See, my problem with it is I love it. It's one of the probably the, one of the best mentalism peak wallets um, or, or loading devices and techniques around. But for me, the wallet itself, I've never seen a wallet like that before in my life. Okay. Um, and really, these days, um, does anybody? Ca- I mean, when you get that out, do people go? Well, the in- What's interesting that? how you've said that yeah. is because very recently, I would say. Less than six weeks ago, okay. I bought a leather credit card case, what is the same as this. Yes. The only difference is, is it had three slots per side. Per side, if we're looking at the And it didn't have the little brass corners. It's the brass corners I, for me. I, I have to say, sorry, but yeah, they exist in the States. Yeah, they maybe in America. In America. Like, yes. Because I now use this other credit card as, as another routine that I do uh, okay. for walk around. Um, I haven't used this for a while. Um, I, this is in my uh, it's my home. I saw it and I thought to myself, you know, I'm really glad I still have this because yes. it's almost like having a, a piece of mentalism history in a way. Yeah, it's it's very much like the, the holy grail if you can get an original one. Yeah. Um, What's your argument against it, Atlas? I just I don't I don't particularly use wallets. I think that they feel, in a way, unnatural. Now, Luch has got business cards stacked in his. And, and I'm sure, again, like the um, like lexicology was last time, yeah. you can create a presentation yes. uh, that would... That but this is a utility device. He hasn't sold a routine with it. This is a utility device he's selling. So you can't really go with the yeah. fact that you lost with the lexicology last so time. As a, as no, no, a, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm sure you can create a presentation where that makes sense. Yeah. I haven't. I have no interest in it mm. at the moment. I'm just not a wallet guy. Do you right. know what I mean? I'm not into all the different types of wallets. My wallet never comes out. The only wallet I use is the on-the-mark um, okay. wallet, yep. and, and I, I actually really like that. But that's that's it. Other than that, it never no, I, never I don't actually see it as a wallet. I just see it as a business card case. I think really. it is a business card case. And that's quite nice that you, you, know, you bring your business cards out with that thing. I'm not very good at the argument today. I, can't, I really can't think of anything to say. Uh, yeah, would I use it? I probably would use it, maybe, probably. Yeah, I would. Okay. I don't have anything. No? No. Okay. Looks like I won. Not yet. Not yet, you didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think you're going to beat the collective wisdom of 30 mentors. I'm not going to fall asleep looking at the site on scene case. Just saying. Just saying. You have to consider all the different mentalists who contributed to conversations with mind readers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you've got Banachek. Yes, but we're not considering them. We're, we're not saying your 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 contribution to this section is not Banachek, the human being and friend of ours. He's not. It's not that. What we're what we're kind of talking about here is the conversations with mind readers. Right, I'm sorry. So you're saying that Banachek has nothing to say in an hour that would keep you awake? Because that's not, what you just said. It's not. What you I'm said saying. it would send you to sleep. It, you, yeah. only, you can only judge it on the hour what's recorded in Banachek's. That's right. I can't judge it on what I know and how. Lee it Earl's is. hour was. Better than almost anything I've ever heard any lecture anywhere. What was it? Uh, that it would probably be his interview on. Is that going to stay in? <laughs> <laughs> you little. <laughs>
<laughs> you just extracted that out of me. Okay. Um, okay, so I brought something. I've brought uh, I've brought Nick Tan from Singapore. Uh, he released a really lovely uh, ebook. I think it's been released as. I certainly got a digital copy of it uh, called Epic. E-P-I-Q-U-E, and it's Nick's really, I think, very innovative approach to the, um, uh, uh, what's it called, Mental Epic, Mental Epic, where basically Nick can have somebody call out their name, so it would be Atlas, you write that on one side of a billet, and you write down your prediction on the inside of it, you, t- you put that billet to the back, they call it, and you can do a one-ahead epic, t- a mental epic type routine with a fantastic handling, um, it's just such a strong, strong handling. And Nick sent it to me, and I sent, I sent, I let him know. I said this is one of the best handling I've seen of Mental Epic. I, I've read it as well, and I and I have to agree with you in that Mental Epic either requires a massive board or it's a close-up effect. Yes. And the massive board is such an an awkward, uncomfortable piece of kit. That it's a compromise it, that everybody suspects. It's so yeah, suspicious. Yeah, exactly. And if it wasn't to do with the board, why are you using that weird-looking board? Yeah. Then the close-up is is um. It is a very clever way of doing it if you if you know how if you read the jinx um, that it, it, it's fantastic. But again, if you're performing for a bigger audience, you want something in which you can throw away the board. And to me, that's the value of Nick's contribution here is his handling of the cards, where he very clearly shows the name yeah. of the person and then writes the prediction inside. And, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, very very strong. And, and a few people really bashed it. He said to me, and I was like. Well, those people obviously don't get it. I mean, I just... Yeah. It's not like this is something that he hasn't performed a lot. Exactly. The problem is I'm going to have to fight the corner, and I will point out that the presentation he includes in the book is not my personal cup of tea, but I'm not bothered about it because, uh, you know... He's sharing an approach. He's yeah, really exactly. not sharing He's a presentation. He is, I mean, it's um, more about that technical element. Yeah, and, and anytime you do a mental epic, there's one thing that you're going to know. And yeah. getting to that part is yeah. also a key. Um, and I, I think some of the criticism is, well, he doesn't explain that. Uh, again, well, it's not really a huge, huge deal. I think for what you're getting, the trade-off of being able to take those big placards yeah. that are just folded sheets of, of note card, yeah. um, I think it's ingenious. But I, I, have to, thing, I have to try and fight the corner. I think the other thing that's really good is a lot of mental epic, almost almost all of them, require the compromise to be in the final phase. Yeah, and he so it's usually free choice, free choice, pick a card or something. Um, he doesn't do that. He's moved it. Yeah, he's moved it to the middle, which, which is very which, clever. Yeah, which also makes the one ahead difficult to suss yeah. at that point. I really do think that there's very few effects that are as strong or straightforward when it's done right as Mental Epic. Yeah. Um, from my performing experience, I can tell you it is. it really is a winner. Okay. Um, and I like Nick's handling. But again, if I would, if I'd bought their book and looked at it, I might have enjoyed some additional handlings or some additional presentational options. Okay. But to me, honestly, this isn't one that I can really fight you very hard on because I really, really think the way that he's... I mean, it's all in the cards. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very clever. It's is perfect. Anything for you? Yeah, um, well, f- well, first of all, when was this released? I don't know if he's released it. Ah, well, yeah. there rides the pickle. Okay. I've never read it, I've never seen it, never heard about it. Okay. Can't comment on it. Okay, that's fine. I'm happy to take your vote for that. It's really underground. <laughs> I'm happy to uh, 
to uh, what can we say disqualify you from this uh, oh, thing for you. bringing something I've never heard of okay brilliant excellent stuff alright um, and also tell you what would be really interesting after we voted I'd really like to find out from this episode forward it'd be really good to find out what our listeners think was the winning product as well like we, yeah. we're going to vote in the session uh, while we're recording but also you know let them, I think you guys can vote at home and say actually I think in the comments maybe on the freementalist.com website um, in the comments below the, the player here let us know which one you think of the product uh, yeah, wins. Definitely. So we've got the three. We've got we've got conversations with mind readers. We've got which, despite what you two say, has a pristine track record. <laughs> it is, it, it's, it's very good. We know it's very it's good. Just it's just as bad as me bringing in Richard Bush's peak performance. Yes, naughty. And uh, have I ever won this game? I don't think I've ever won this game. I've never won this game. Is it always you? I just bring, I bring the best, best products. Best products. Um, Sight Unseen um, or, um, uh, or, uh, or, or Epic by Nick Tan. All right. Time In to fact, where, who is Nick? Nick Tan. N-I-Q-U-E. N-I-Q-U-E. Nick, if you're listening, send me a copy of this thing. I want to have a look at it. It sounds good. Yeah, but yeah. I can't comment on it unless I've seen it. Yeah. T-A-N-N is a surname. Okay. I'm sure you can contact Nick directly. He's I on the cafe. I think it's double N. I think it's single N. Oh, no, not not the right. moleskin Sorry. thing again. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is single N. Yeah, my apologies. Okay, good, good. All right, let's vote. Uh, let's just trust each other and just go with it. So make your decision. Don't strategically vote. Otherwise, it means writing things down. Well, the, the problem is I cannot vote for you, okay. so I'm forced to vote for the only other thing because I can't vote for myself. I've got to vote for Atlas, Ugh. which is not... It's, in a way, it's become a strategic thing. I have have to vote for him. I can't yeah. vote for anything else. Yeah. I was going to vote for Nick and Epic. We should disqualify that. Well, actually, and, I, and this is not just me being strategic, I was going to vote for Atlas uh, just because I think you're going to get more out of that than maybe just one prop. So I think without, you know, no strategy, I think Atlas, for a change, Finally, I'm has just won something. Soak up just, the just win give, here. give him a moment, give him a moment. He can play a sound effect in this one. <clears throat> oh, this feels so good. In so your I'm, face, in your face. So let me get this right. The only way Atlas can win is through a default kind of thing where you get disqualified. He's yeah. not disqualified. Oh, he is. He brought in a product that's not released and that I've not seen. I think it has been released. I'm pretty sure it has. A lot of people have seen it. A lot of people are talking about it. In fact, on the cafe, there's a big thread Don't we have any sort of rules that we have to all know what they're bringing in? Are you still talking? <laughs> I think there's been some have, cheating have you, going on. Have you really ever paid attention to these rules? You just, came up with Steve, Barkel, uh, Steve Cortell's Vicarious. Hmm. Does, does, does Atlas, Atlas that desperate to win that he has to resort to cheating? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it gives him a hard on about it, let's go for it. Hey, I finally won this. Okay. You can't take this from me. This is shit. I'm leaving. I'm quitting. What? I'm gone. What? Come back! There we go. Yeah, that's the end of episode five. Episode five? That was good. I enjoyed that. That was a lot yeah, of fun. I feel like it was fun partly because we did so many new things. Yeah, and we hope you enjoyed the new things. We're always trying to come up with new ideas or things we want to do on the podcast just to make it more interesting. See, so I'm, let us know. Yeah, I'm really curious for next time to see if Luch knows me as well as I knew. Because I, I knew him <laughs> And to be fair, yeah. it should have been three for five because he even said, oh, actually, Atlas was right on the, yeah. on the Q&A. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to try, hopefully, do that section again. I think that was really good fun. Remember, if you want to let us know what you thought of the new sections, which old sections which bits you enjoyed uh, share it tweet it uh, tweet at three mentalists and also of course the three mentalists walked into a podcast facebook page and three mentalists.com where you can put a little comment right below the player and uh, yeah you're going to talk about the donate button as well because that's that'd be nice and we can get some new audio equipment how do they do that uh click donate it's be on the website <laughs> yeah that's straightforward it's pretty easy excellent stuff well until next time 
Thank you for listening to the Three Mentalists Walked Into a Podcast. You can interact with us at threementalists.com. I want to buy the book. I don't want to buy the book. I want to buy the book. I don't want to buy the book. I don't want to buy the book. I don't want to buy the book.